Welcome to Plat Chat, episode 42, and no Bala this week, because as according to Avast, I just asked the question, you know, before we started, where is Bala? Why have we got Van Silly on the show? He's, he's cheating on Valorant in, and Avast said <laughs> he's uh, renovating his wine cellar, huh? He's yeah, just... that's what he told me. He's got some, get some Sauvignon, some Cabernets in there, some Merlots. Uh-huh. He's, he's tasting. He's he's in there. Well, he has to have. He also has to install a, a full gold tasting like spit bowl. So as he swirls <laughs> it, he can, he can spit it out. It's pretty crazy. Actually. Right. I didn't realize Bala didn't realize. was fucking loaded. That's well, crazy. I mean, listen to his I mean, name. It's part name of his name, name. Bala. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. It's literally there. Uh, what's up, Vansili? Thank you for coming on the show as well. You've been busy casting all week as well. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Super huge fan of the show. Love every single one of y'all's personalities. So it's just an honor to be here. Uh, I had to run out and get coffee before coming on because I always see white with a sippy cup or with a Starbucks mug. So I had to come out with like the official like Canadian oh, yeah. Tim Hortons one just to like oh, represent you have it. Timmy's. Yeah, I mean, I got you've, got Timmy's. Timmy's. you've got Tim Hortons. Timmy's. He's got Paw Patrol. That's not the same. <laughs> well, that's that's the water. This well, Paw Patrol doesn't make the liquid in there. It's yeah, not yeah. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol <laughs> doesn't <laughs> double as children's show and also coffee shop. I was it's simply a client <laughs> branding. Yeah, I was mocking you for choice of cup. By the way, <laughs> deep lore to the. Uh, to Do you want to tell the, the people? Because cup. you didn't buy those. You no, don't even know who bought those. No, no idea. They're you just, just <laughs> took them. I didn't take them. <laughs> How, how did you not just take them? You'd be arrested in by the, the Paw Patrol uh, if you stole some Yeah, cups. yeah, yeah, dude. That's <laughs> they would take unethical. you in for that. No, it was just in the uh, in the Tier 7 house last year that we were all living in. They were just there. Yeah, you found a box of enemas and some Paw Patrol cups. No, no. He just tried to spin this on me. Uh-huh. And this is, this is an egregious... <laughs> Try an, an egregious attempt to spin history <laughs> it, 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 to, to, to favor to favor him. Okay, first of all, cups, facts. cups were nowhere near the enemas, and also you're leaving out a crucial fucking detail here, which is that at the end of the year, first of all, found these cups like in a box in the garage at the beginning of the year. At the end of the year, now interestingly enough, at the start of the year before COVID, Josh had an office in the house where he was streaming from. Now. After he left due to COVID, no one was really using this office. So we didn't really touch it until the end of the year when we were moving out and we had to clean up. And in that office, there were a box of enemas. <laughs> yeah, well, that's Josh's enemas then. They had so been there since yours. the beginning. They were there <laughs> since the beginning. Same <laughs> residents used the Paw Patrol cup to probably just wash out their anus. And, and you get, <laughs> you're, you're supping from it. Then, Yo, I mean, welcome I to Plat Chat, Valorant, guys. Start? Good start. Good start. Okay. I mean, I was, anyway, by the way, Josh, again, was wearing a perfectly fine wine-colored sweater, went back home, put on gray, came back to match me again. <laughs> no, come on. It's unbelievable. You can't be doing me like this. You, I, he left, he came back, and he goes... Oh, again. <laughs> oh, the, the previous sweater I was wearing was too tight. You know, I felt like constricted. I, I don't know. I've got lumps and bumps in all the wrong places after yeah. I've spent You should take some inspiration from Vansilly. This guy's rocking the drip. Yeah, oh, yeah. Me, you just well, wear me, stuff that's super loose, and you could like fit another like two hundred pounds in here, and just yeah. take your time and grow it. I mean, that's, that's it. what I've done with this as well. Look, look at this true, baggy true, as true. shit. <laughs> Can't tell what kind of dad bod I have underneath here. 
Yeah, we talked about uh, Vass's uh, minimalist sweater, though, so we went total well, this opposites. Is a, this is a t-shirt, actually, but oh. I appreciate the shout-out anyways. I do appreciate that, and it is minimalist. <laughs> Show it your forearms if it's a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, wow. yeah, it's a t-shirt. Oh. It's a t-shirt, fair that, enough. Those are pointy right. elbows. <laughs> okay. right. I just wanted yeah. proof. Are you saying I my elbows proof. are pointy? What are you trying to say? Okay, let me, let me, let me get the show back. Let me get the show back on the road. We had a patch that had essentially just two things in it. Coaching yeah. slots were added into the game, which, uh, that's cool. That's been a long time coming. That's pretty mm -hmm. awesome. But more importantly, the map got added to the game. The new map of Breeze. Have you had an opportunity to play it? See other people playing it? I was running some 10-mans with my uh, my stream last night, and uh, Lord Almighty, I don't think I'm ever going to play with those people again. But um, <laughs> the map was quite fun. Uh, have watched, haven't played it mm. yet. Yeah, I feel like that's the consensus for everyone yeah. here, is yeah. that everyone here has pretty much watched it but not played it except for you. So I'd say the well, map looks nice. It's got a I'm nice no aesthetic to, to it. Yeah, let's, oh, let's, wow, that was just, just Sag. dropping that sad note <laughs> yeah, right in there. it just drops that one. Um, yeah, I mean, the aesthetics, it is beautiful. You can't go in the water, though. Yeah. So, and it doesn't look that much like a castle compared to what they had showcased it. I guess there is, there is still that castle in b -Main. There's a fort. There's yeah, a there fort. is a bit of a fortress kind of thing going on. Yeah. But I, I, I'm thinking it's like a pirate, like pillage or something because like isn't doesn't look like a pirate ship and then like you're just fighting a fort there's cannons. yeah i mean i think pillage is a verb though rather than a noun but yeah but True. like, but, yeah, like <laughs> a pirate harbor of some kind yeah that's it that's it yeah i got three languages in me i don't know what my, my vocabulary is not that, that great that's okay 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 sure why not it's <laughs> it, it looks rather open Right? Mm -hmm. that, did you did you did you feel sort of wow the hot take? The... They literally designed it to have the most open. <laughs> Is that how you possible? felt while you were playing it? Like wow, I'm really exposed from all angles here. Yes, right? but you, here's I, the wish, other thing. I wish they introduced a shield agent. <laughs> so I no, okay, I'm never going to advocate no. for a shield agent. Never at any point. But I think. Yeah, they clearly designed... Oh, God, don't... Sh no, come on, <laughs> don't show these. This, this is probably some right good right. gameplay. Okay, okay, everything I did on this map, I was just throwing out abilities randomly to see whether anything made sense. I think yeah. I walled the door here, and I try and swing and just feed. I'm not oh, sure. So I was, I was just testing stuff out, you know? Even. This... The, it feels like mid is extremely important to um, fight over. The A site, it's... Somewhat easy to get into, but it's so big that it's difficult to actually hold it as you're, as you're the attackers. Yeah, don't worry. I just miss all of these shots mm. eventually. What do you mean? You just oh, you gotta got to kill one. them. No, I, I missed speed. them all uh, eventually. This is an anti-eco as well, and I have a marshal. And... Okay. Oh, See, there's two. Wait a minute. What are you yeah. talking anyway. about? Where are anyway. you popping? Um, but, yeah, I definitely had that feeling of being uncomfortably exposed to many different angles and areas while I was playing the map. But at the same time... I think that was, <laughs> I got half, I got half. But at the same time, I think that was because it was a new map and I wasn't aware of like where you can hold to stop yourself being exposed by multiple angles. Mm. I don't think it's, I think that there are enough stuff on the sites and on mid to play around. Like look at the mini map. Oh, never mind. Well, fuck the mini map, I suppose. But in the middle of the B site there, this pillar that's in the middle of the B site, is pretty good for like juking people and breaking timings and stuff. You're not mm. going to be safe. You can't get out, but you can at least, you know, hold an angle, get a pick, drop off behind the pillar, and then try and like 
isolate 1v1s around it. And you can do the same with the pyramids on A a little bit. So it's not completely unholdable. Mm. Um, it does feel, though, like you should be allocating a lot of people to mid and do, trying yeah. to play retakes a lot. Do you feel that, like, the... Uh... What are they? They have like the imposter vents. Are those? Do those oh, yeah. matter? Yeah, yeah. Are little they actually influential. Little uh, little sussy vent in a hall. Do they yeah. do much of anything? <laughs> oh no. No. Okay. There, there's only one though, as far as I'm aware, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. On oh, that left side okay. there. Yeah, I think it just drops from the a hall area into mid. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what they were trying to do with this as well is create a lot of different avenues for you to get behind people if you give up map control. So if, you, if you're the defender and you don't hold all the areas of the map, if you don't hold the halls, they can get through to your spawn pretty, pretty quickly. They can also open the door and get behind you if you're trying to hold pyramids on A. Yeah. You, have to, you have to be very aware of that kind of stuff. But it does... I don't know. It, it, I thought the map was going to feel shit to play because it's so open. It just looks mm -hmm. like a TF2 map. But I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty, it was pretty decent. It didn't, I, I, yeah, it didn't really feel like... You were claustrophobic and had to use a lot of excellent coordination to be able to break a choke point. The choke points are mm -hmm. so big, you can just kind of fucking wander your way in. <laughs> well, I, I guess that's it for me. It's trying to figure out if it's going to be too obvious of where people might be standing when you're going to try to fight for mid. Like, you know, when you when you have like your default spots that you want to clear in your 50s or when you're trying to try to get in. Okay, automatically he's going to be behind a pillar on mid or automatically he's going to be behind the wall on mid. And it just becomes too easy to fight or take over. It just becomes like, um, there's not enough utility to go like for like a full cross. Let's say you put a blaze wall or something like that. I don't know if it fully crosses on mid. Oh uh, no! I mean, so, your abilities that are to do with space, like jet dashing into sites, blaze walls to be gone. able to get yeah. like space and that kind of stuff. You're not going to be able to get deep onto sites like you can now. That's it. You know, like if That's you're right. if you're playing on Haven or something and you jet dash in, you're going to be able to get halfway into the site or like mm -hmm. to some piece of cover that lets you push back of site a lot of the time that yeah, is not yeah. the case on this map i you... feel like also much like the eci was advised by a board of our colleagues that we respect this map was advised by tsm to allow ops to come back <laughs> honestly <laughs> because actually legitimately though i do that is mostly a meme but also legitimately i do feel like there was some incentive here for like because especially at the high level play op has seen a lot of very much a decline in usage and it's not necessarily because of map design totally it's a lot more because of the meta shifting people getting better at using utility but i feel like this is a map to allow maybe some teams that if they want to use op more it's going to potentially bring it back into the meta mm -hmm. just because of the sight lines available i don't know if that's actually the reasoning but to me if i was like in charge of doing maps and i see that certain weapons like the op which is very expensive see, sees a decline you also want to add maps that can allow for different play styles, including an op, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like this could be a potential avenue for this map, like moving forward. I so. also think that this is, it's weirdly, it's also like, you're watching, you, you can watch me feed here on Yoru, <laughs> but I think it feels like a pretty decent Yoru map as well. And mm -hmm. that might end up not being true in the slightest, but, but with, the, <laughs> with the size of it and how quickly... I think yeah. being able to place it, that up. Being, being able to place a <laughs> teleporter on one side of the map, like on A or B, and with how big the sites are, you can if you're getting information as they enter the site, you have time to teleport to some position in backside, and you're not gonna just be screwed and overwhelmed immediately. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think you should be able to create consistent value out of your teleports on this map in terms of just 
the basic shit of like getting around the map more quickly and, and being a bit more dynamic. Yeah. And after watching all this gameplay so far, like, because my first impression too, when I was watching others and even listening to what, for example, Average Jones would say, is like, hey, I don't see like Sova being like a useful agent for this map. And then it's cool that they're coming out with maps where you might start picking different agents right now and have less picks of like uh, S tier agents or whatnot. But when I look at that, it's like Recon Guard seemed to be pretty good still to like try to clear out mid, try to clear positions, and also let's say Pyramid on A. But maybe he's referring to like shock darts to try to counter lockdowns or something like that too. That's where it's going to be a little bit more difficult to bounce out. But I'm I'm excited to see how how that's going to pan out for I these. I think agents. the recons are still less powerful than on most maps. Like on most maps, mm. you can hit one in a position where it'll clear out the majority of the site, like a lot of different areas. In this map, you have to combine it with some other utility because the recon dart is only going to clear out like a, a third or half, a half yeah. of the site. Yeah. And yeah. so you've got to what. What um <clears throat> what some of the nerds that I was playing with were doing, like in space, they were combining the Sova and the Sky utility. And Sky seems like mm. it's really good here. Because the flashes are extremely good at being able to there, there isn't enough cover to be able to play anti flash and like peek mm -hmm. out and then destroy the people that flashed into the site. And because it's I don't know, like the amount of space <laughs> <laughs> how wide open the space is seems to make it um yeah, extremely good for Sky. So I could still see Silver getting used a little bit, but it doesn't seem like it's as good as the other maps. Mm. Well, do we, um, yeah. do we want to talk about it being in the, in the thing? Or is fuck it yeah. No, that's right the oh, fuck okay. now. And I put a whole <laughs> extra topic for this. Kurt's like, surely this topic is just talking about Breeze as well. And I was like, no, I need a special space to roast this decision. Because if, for anyone who doesn't know, Breeze is going to get included into Masters 3 at Iceland. Uh, sorry, Masters 2, two yeah. at Iceland. Yeah. Um, and it's part of a six-map pool, I believe. They, yep. I don't think they've explicitly confirmed that, but they've also said, like, there will be a new map veto system. Yep. So it's got to be part of a six-map pool. Otherwise, there'd be no reason for a new map veto system. And last week, I was just begging them not to do this. Because I think six map, it's not that Breeze, Breeze inclusion is a bad thing. There's like a month before before Iceland. I think that's you know what that's it is? acceptable. Six map pools. Shaking my head. Well, what, yeah. what are your thoughts? I'm very much against this, but I feel <laughs> like there's there are other opinions to be had. I'm very much against this. I just think it's unnecessary. But I mean. Just put it, it, it'll be more interesting than to watch, I think, the follow-up of the next stage, knowing that there's a new map in the pool and seeing what the teams do with it then with a bit more time. And it's a bit more incentive to continue to follow then. We don't need more incentive to watch this tournament now or wacky mm. gimmick spin the wheel for map pick ban, whatever's <laughs> going to happen. We yeah. play the new map and no one knows what they're doing. We don't, it's just not necessary. It's the first international event. Everyone's mm -hmm. watching anyway. Everybody's going to watch. Everyone's yeah, yeah. excited anyway. It's yeah. just... Josh... Sorry, yeah. I was going to say, Go like, on. Josh, you're, if you're against it, is, and you're like, if you're against a sixth map pool, but you're like, it's okay to have Breeze in there, what are you afraid of in terms of adding Breeze into the... Well... Is it more I... on the veto? 
Yeah, it's the veto process. Any way you do the veto process, one team is going to be able to remove two maps from the pool. And whether whether you un, unless they do some random shit where it's actually like spin the wheel and this is the first map that gets removed, which is it's anti-competitive. And any yeah. way that they introduce it, if you're trying to set it up so it's like higher seed gets gets a better um, map map pool or whatever, it gets to yeah. essentially craft the map pool in a much stronger way towards themselves because mm -hmm. eliminating an extra map is massive when it comes to this kind of stuff. Then 100%. who do you give the higher seed to? We're talking about the first ever international tournament. You don't yeah. know which regions are better than others. Even making the assumption that like that like EU is better than LATAM, which I would definitely be on board for making, you don't know for sure. And it feels rude to assume and give these regions, especially the ones that are represented with less teams, a mm -hmm. lower seed and therefore a lower like chance of being able to actually be competitive when it comes to the map pool as well. So anything that relies on seeding is going to be fucked right from the beginning. Yeah. Anything mm -hmm. that's random is just fucked from the beginning too because that detracts from this is always a viewer's bad enjoyment. And never be done. Yeah. Still will be. It still yeah. could be. I mean, and, not necessarily yeah. here, but I just mean in general in in esports. Yeah, and then <laughs> I, I don't It'll think there's... Away. I don't think there's a good solution, basically, to a six-map yeah. pool. And maybe they'll prove me wrong, and the Giga Brains over at Riot will come up with something that's actually pleasant. But just fundamentally, if one team is able to ban... Uh, if you're having a BO3, and one team's able to ban two maps from the pool, and the other's able to ban one, it doesn't matter how many other maps the team that only banned one gets to pick the side on or whatever... Yeah. Essentially, that does not matter. At the end of the day, you're going to be playing the maps that the team that banned two forced you to play. And that's, yeah. that's fucked. Like a team like Gambit, insta-ban Haven every time. So the other team against them now gets to choose all of the rest of the maps that get played. It's fucking madness. <laughs> so I, I really just hate the idea of having a six-map pool. I, I, the, the theories that I was throwing around last week were, if you want to include Breeze take another map out to rework it and give the teams a month to like be notified of that or wait on Breeze and put it into the competitive rotation at the same time as a seventh map so that you mm -hmm. always keep an odd number so that it's a fairer map veto system. But yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I think they're prioritizing just cool shit in the game rather I think than what they do is that. both teams before a match, they each choose one representative and they send them out and they, have like a 1v1, <laughs> like which the, designs... Like the beginning of Troy. Yeah. <laughs> Achilles! Yeah. Achilles! Yeah, that's, that is the exact imagery I had in my mind. <laughs> they send out the representatives, they aim duel. It'll be on a custom map. In fact, they could, it could, it'll sort of look like aim gods. I don't know if you guys have seen that game. That was amazing. I've heard like, of it. Oh yeah, my god, it. it looks so good. The map will yeah. look like <laughs> aim gods. <laughs> We'll play a little one v one. I don't know arena. some sort of some sort of alternative athletic event between the teams to decide the first map ban. Oh sure, because they're going to be at a LAN, yeah. so you could make them run like a, a, a hundred meter hurdles. Yeah. <laughs> You're asking people to run. You're asking yep. gamers to run. Maybe like a dodgeball game or something. Oh, yeah. like. I mean, that would be pretty fun. Excellent. That's like the home of strength training, lifting heavy things. But I True. feel like then we give that to. Uh, there oh, there it is. There it is. This is what I mean. This is the perfect uh, map for what I'm talking about. Uh, really oh my! Oh my God! It's tens versus zipping to decide <laughs> which map gets banned. This came out at a really inopportune time too, because right before this, like the the guy in charge, the marketing department for like Valorant came. I was like, we've always had a really good balance with the esports side. We never add stuff for marketing, and then Breeze gets added.
for Masters. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, Dude, well, this... unlucky. This is a really good game. I don't yeah, understand right. this game by, I don't by so. in Why isn't this going to be an Iceland? I don't understand. We should have aim guards in Iceland. I don't, I don't think that the map is going to deter. <laughs> this, this is exactly what I'm talking about. No. That's what I want to see. Except it would be like, you know. I have changed my mind, though. Valorant. I think if they decided which team got a map advantage based on some some weightlifting competition, like if they actually did, if they actually did that, oh, yeah. fuck yeah, I'm all down for it, actually. Yeah, I, but I TSM would literally, they could finally win. TSM could finally win then, because Bordell would just own everybody, so that's unfair. They have to make it there first, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess that's true. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Implement it as soon I, as possible. I, I still think that the quality of games with Breeze added to the map, like you said, with a month being like being out yesterday, and you have a month until uh, until Masters. I think you're going to still have good quality games on that map, unless it's going to turn into like Icebox Envy versus Immortals, right? Because they did the same thing. They introduced mm -hmm. Icebox pretty much a month before uh, First Strike started in December. Was that a month? I think it was a month. It was a month or like two weeks. It wasn't that long, right? Because it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't being played for any of the close qualifiers until first strike, so yeah. that uh, so I think I think uh, the yeah, first it was, yeah I think it was, was about a month stage. that it was in the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's it, it's the same it's the same um, formula there. But I do agree with you with the veto. I think it gets a little bit difficult unless it becomes like a ban ban pick pick, and then the last two maps is a coin toss, where that could also be I think yeah. very difficult for a team because. Let's say let's say you have a team that has a deeper map pool. Like uh, again, I, I'm gonna take Envy for example, or like Hundred Thieves right now. It's like uh, if, if it comes down to that, then they could maybe defer or whatever their strategy is, and still have the advantage of being comfortable of playing maps that they're better on. And it's gonna put your opponent as a, at a disadvantage. So I still think that there's a there's that unfairness to it for sure. But uh, I, I think with a month, you will have some time for these teams to like develop a little bit deeper or it just becomes like because it's so new that's the map to ban for most of the teams because it's also on top of that international land so nobody's gonna have a fucking idea how to play against each other on this map yeah. so breeze becomes an insta ban for whoever defers or whoever wants to get first pick and you kind of want to have like higher seat defer so that you have in your back pocket for sure that you don't have to worry about banning Breeze because somebody's going to ban it at some point and your opponent's going to ban it at some point and you still have map advantage in yeah, this Yeah, this weird game of chicken. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I, I think that will be interesting and I, I, do, I do agree in that part. I think the coin toss system that you mentioned is probably the system that they'll end up going for because it doesn't yeah. mess things up until the very end. Like, you still give the teams the bans they want. You still give the teams the picks they want. You just fuck up the final map. So, exactly. But, but like, that, I think that's the best thing to fuck up out of everything. But mm -hmm. it's still going to create, like, 2-1 wins where people, everyone in the community is like, like if the coin toss had gone the other way, the other team would have won. And that's yeah. just shit. Like, it's shit yeah. to get to the end of it and feel like that. You should feel like the team that won one, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay, enough molding. <clears throat> Let's move on to the NA Challengers 2 recap because in a move that I don't think should surprise anybody if they weren't paying attention to the NA scene, Sentinels wins again. But if you were paying attention, <laughs> that was squeaky bum time there for a long time. And they did they a good job. They should have lost to T1. T1 threw that game away mm. they t t1 could have been up like 10-2 on their attacking half they they did go up 9-3 didn't they or something no 
it ended. What was it, it? I can't. I think it ended eight. No, four, they had. They or, had like a. It I was like a one, two, three, four, five. Or, they had no. They had eight two. It was an eight two. Right. In one round. Yeah. On on a Haven. Yeah. Haven. Right. Ended, it ended eight, eight four. four. Right. Okay. Um. No, I'm sorry. I'm not talking about Haven. I'm talking about Icebox. Oh, okay. right. I, I, right. Yeah, right. I'm talking about Icebox here, which ended, yeah, 7-5. Seven, 7-5, five, seven, five, Which right. literally, it could have been a 10-2. It was... Sentinels got... I'm not going to say they got lucky, but it was a fortunate set of circumstances that allowed them to get through in that game because despite Sick dropping 35, they would have been in an unrecoverable situation had T1 closed out the half in the fashion they absolutely could have. And Sick um, already did so much work to even get them I mean, he was, into that. And also Shazam too. as well. Shazam sure, was having like well. a... On, on their defense, Shazam was crucial as he always is playing Jet on Icebox, opping on A. He's just always good for like two kills every round. It's pretty absurd his consistency on that map. Um... And he, he was having, like, a star-level performance himself. He still dropped, like, 24 on that map. And then Sick just yeah. goes for 35 to drag them over the finish line in what was probably the worst game I've watched from Sentinels and one that... I mean, I, gen, I, th I thought watching the attack app that it was going to be over. I thought that their run was going to end to T1 in the lower bracket. Um, yeah. And it really should have. But... the to a lot to Sick and Shazam's credit individually, they did manage to get this win. And then from there, they, I, I don't know, it's something... They just thrashed everybody. It, it seemed like the, the switch flipped um, a, a bit after this game. Um, and they, Sentinels and they do that, into, though. Uh, they, they, yep. It's not that they have slow starts to tournaments necessarily, but when, when they have to... They can make like lower bracket runs and and yep. step up in big games and win rematches and that kind of stuff. They're not just good at being able to make tactical adaptation adaptations, though they are good at that too. It seems like they just have like big game energy where they'll they'll play with much more focus and determination when everything's on the line. Yeah, you you kind of have to. I I think at this point for Sentinels, when you're always like at the top in North America and again it's all that footage is against you everybody's uh, counter striding you or everybody knows your tendencies so at the same time you could be as prepared as you want but sometimes you just have to throw out the window that out the window and just hopefully have your star players shine and then that's where you see sick just come into play that's why you have tens right now and not roster that's really helping out the team as well uh, I just think that Sentinels at the beginning like it's even talked about from Shazam is like, I don't have enough, we don't have enough time to practice. As soon as we're done, there's going to be another open qualifiers two weeks later. Everybody knows how we play. We don't have a chance to even rest because we, you know, literally just finished Masters 1. And by winning it, it's like they didn't have a chance to practice Astra in there. They lose out of the first qualifier. Now they bring in Astra right now. It's starting to look a little bit better. But then at the same time, um, everybody just pays attention to Sentinels and how they play. So they always have like these difficult runs in, in my eyes, but they, they always seem to be able to prevail just because Shazam has the biggest mind in terms of like adapting with the team, adapting for the team on the fly too on, on these games. Um, T1 for me in general, I, I still like that they're continuing to improve, but I still feel that they're pretty slow in their in their executions not necessarily this map itself but um what was the first one that they played in the quarterfinals but i was just watching him play on on split and his super slow 10 second pushes to get into into the plant down because 
they're still working that middle. They're working a heaven super slow and then rotating back and forth um, just to try to rush a rotation away. Um, but overall, I still think that they have decent uh, aim. I think the roster still looks pretty good. Uh, they're going to continue to improve, but I think they still have to get out of this slow, methodical, every single round play, at least in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, we we have a couple of weeks before Masters begins, and I definitely want to run a segment at some point where it's just like, is it time to pull the plug on certain rosters? And I think T1 is one of those that should be up there in terms of like, you had higher expectations as an organization for, for this team. So yeah. I think it's fair at this point in the year, after they haven't qualified for, um, for this Masters, to, yeah. to oppose the question. I'm not saying that we're going to come down on the side of like, they should blow it up. But I think they're one <laughs> of the teams that people are going to be asking that kind of stuff about. But that's not for this episode. Mm -hmm. As I fry up. I, 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 think, <laughs> I think for Sentinels as well, one of the big changes later in the tournament, it was a small change, but I think had big impact, was 10s uh, moving away from Rays and playing Reyna. Reyna. And just sticking to Reyna yeah. Jet. He's clearly more impactful on those roles than he is on Rays. It seems like when he's playing, when you watch him play Rays versus Reyna, his entering on Rays is often more focused around him trying to use the utility to get in deep. Yep. And then maybe he'll one for one at best. Um, but when he's playing Reyna and when he has the, the escape mechanic and when he's just more focused on taking straight up duels yeah. and winning duels and he's, less so on trying to jump around. He's a fragger. He just gets yeah. kills and gets out. And that's just what he needs to do. His yep. impact on Reyna versus Rays when he switched on those maps, there was a, a massive difference immediately. Yeah. Um, when, when you say he's good for one on Rays, he's good for like sometimes two or three on Reyna. So yeah. it's pretty good. I also think Sentinels do a lot better job of understanding how to play with tens on those agents too, because it feels like they set up a lot more situations where they can put some utility out, have tens like peak off six flash. When when he's on raise, I feel like they're a little bit too focused on him using his own utility, like we talked about, because they're just like in situations where you would you would expect tens to be like getting two or three, and he's just like trading for one because they're so focused on him using his own utility. Yeah, yeah and, and also doesn't have that get out of jail free card that Rainer mm -hmm. yeah, exactly to be able to keep him going. It does worry me about the future of this team if they're this restricted with like somebody who's been in the conversation in the past for the best player in NA. If his impact is that restricted to only a couple of agents, it really does feel like that's going to put a ceiling on the team pretty hard, but... It, it didn't hurt them here whatsoever. What mm -hmm. point in the bracket do we want to focus on? Can we bring up the bracket again, please, Kurt? Because I, I know that when we had that week gap um, from, from last week to this week, the tournament hadn't been um, played out at all, had it? I can't remember. Yeah, I think huh? we were just no, doing Prem right started, last week. Yeah. No, because yeah. we had just yeah. finished Europe and NA hadn't started yet. Right. So Yeah, so I think that to start off with, I want to kind of follow Cloud9's run through this bracket. Um, because we weren't, we, we thought that Cloud9 were going to be pretty decent, but I think we just said whoever, I mean, we predicted them to meet Sentinels in the upper finals and just go down to the lowers. And then I, I think we were saying they can probably make a run through lowers and make it to qualify. Yeah. But instead, they just kind of stomped their way through the upper bracket, beaten Anbox, who just beaten Sentinels, and then beaten NRG as well, which I don't think we were expecting coming into this. Uh, Cloud9 <laughs> did look like a. A, a very good roster. Yeah, I mean, 
a lot for the reasons we were kind of talking about before. Just the the core three that they have in that team. I think of the the duelist, poison leaf, and the Zadon yeah. support is just a sick core. Um, uh, they, you know, this was their first time playing with Floppy as well, and he looked like a guy who just started playing the, mm -hmm. in sure. his first tournament in Valorant. Not first started playing Valorant, but his first tournament, and I'm sure he'll acclimate a bit more as time goes on. Um, but yeah. I think one of the nice things about this roster, even moving forward, is that Leaf has shown that he can be a star player on the team on a different role if he needs to be as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, in the back of my mind, depending on what they want to do, or if, like, Zeppa plays Duelist, for instance... Um, and when they bring him in, depending on who they rotate out, like I've, I'm pretty confident that Leaf could continue to be a star on the team if they want to just put him back on Omen, maybe move Floppy yeah. to something else. Mm -hmm. um, whatever direction they want to go, Leaf is appears to be just a versatile, incredibly strong player right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm just glad also still that Poise is finally starting in this roster because... He's been really consistent, too. He's yeah. been good just about every single game. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Cloud9 just have a, they had a lot of firepower. They're playing a fast game. Um, they're, they're fundamentally sound, and, and they were decisive in, in helping each other. They, they look good. Yeah. You, you guys definitely predicted better than I did for, for Cloud9 Blue. I, I didn't expect for them to have this good of a run, actually, going into this, uh, <clears throat> this bracket. For even for me, like a uh, uh, poise when when he was joining and and like subbing in or trying a map on on split, and then it was like what three four weeks ago, uh, and he's just playing jet. I was like, okay, like decent, but potential, but I didn't see too much there until he actually came in. Hey, buddy! Until he actually came in for as like Reina, and then I'm like, okay, this is this looks pretty good, and I think that combination with Leap as well. The roster itself, it's like okay, well, I don't want to give too much like the the benefit of the doubt, like every CS player that switches into Valorant when they were really good in CS are going to be all-stars automatically in Valorant so I just wanted to like take a step back and see how it's going to be for like Leaf and and dude they definitely proved me wrong they they yeah. look continuously good I think right now again same thing with Zeppa joining in what's it going to look like I think Floppy could definitely still stay uh, as an omen and get used to that but what is Zeppa going to play like what agent is he going to do who are they going to swap out because with Mitch currently calling for for cloud nine unless it's changed recently uh if the rumor is that it's like okay well we already got all these fresh bloods and poise looks super good then the next one that makes sense to get out of there is the last remaining member of tens and friends which yeah. is going to be complete Mitch the point, ship right? of theseus <laughs> final plank <laughs> but i feel like that would be such a mistake for c9 at this point considering that like they're getting some success now and mitch mm -hmm. still looks good especially on like the yeah. sage mitch looks like he's very always solid. been good too he's always yeah been good like too, so. I, I feel like that's that's the weird part we're into with the c9 roster is that we're in the six man roster situation again but mm -hmm. the roster starting to click like right now their fundamentals actually look pretty solid they have yeah. good fragging power they have two really good supportive players with mitch and zeta so and floppy despite it being his first tournament held the zone like perfectly yeah. fine like the, his fundamentals were there he understood like they were good with their swings they weren't any doing any like crazy lamborghini peaks like they were doing solid smokes and everything like i don't I, and, and yeah. also even though floppy i feel like didn't have huge impact there's one thing that he put a lot of emphasis on you could tell before this series started for them was setting up paranoias and his yep. paranoias were like on point uh, often so i don't know i feel like this is a very weird situation to be in for c9 if you're going to have a six-man roster here again when this roster but, legitimately has potential. What I mm -hmm. like about it, though, is that they set the boundaries very clearly at the beginning where they said that Zeppa isn't going to be 
rotating in immediately. And so I yeah. don't think mm-hmm. Zeppa's going to have the expectation of like, fuck, I'm just sat on a bench, but I'm such a good player. He's, <laughs> you know, it seems like Cloud9 have said to the guy, you're a developmental player. We think yep. you're going to be good, but we don't think you're there right now. And maybe they just end up shopping him somewhere else at the end mm-hmm. if this five-man roster is actually continues to work for Cloud9. And I think yeah. that would be pretty fair, you know? The guy's just come straight over from CS. If he yep. develops in Valorant and then gets kind of shipped to another team, I think that's, that's pretty good. Uh, the person that I want to give a lot of credit to here is Robin, the, the guy who came in to manage this Cloud9 roster at the same time as they closed down their Cloud9 Korean roster as well and, and brought Zeta over. Because up until that point in time, and even for a little bit afterwards, we were molding about Cloud9, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. like the mismanagement that they that they'd made, the, the kicking of Shinobi that then left, led to the, kick, to the removal of 10s overall from the active roster. And the overall way that the original roster was even built was poor and didn't extract the most value out of somebody like Tens that they had on their roster. So, uh, But then the way that Robin has come in and been able to literally replace it piece by piece into a roster that's got way more potential than the previous one did, I think that's really, really good. And it's not yeah. like, it's not like they... Um, they needed to remove tens if tens had still been on this roster if he had still decided to stay i think they could be as good or better but mm-hmm. being able to just explode that roster or not explode it slowly replace it over time until it's essentially a totally different team has worked very well for cloud nine like they've made smart decisions to bring in zeta and put him on a support role to bring in uh leaf was a fantastic addition to this team immediately Amazing, and then yeah. just slowly adding the other pieces in as well have all been they've all been excellent decisions. I've got to give him credit for that. Do you not think yeah. that's what T one is doing though? Since they're slowly replacing the roster now, they've added automatic curry. I mean, they're changing up but, their roster, but is that not what T one is also doing? I, I yeah, but I don't think that the players and the system have actually worked. Like I don't think that always that's going to work. the The reason that I want to give Robin credit is because he's made the right player swaps. I don't think that like. Watching automatic, he's still still struggling to translate his success from CS into Valorant. Holy. I think, and he's looking better now than he did, you know, a, f- a few weeks ago or a month ago or whatever. But I don't think that's what they were expecting when they signed somebody like that. And mm-hmm. you know, the the whole way that they play is incredibly <laughs> limiting to these guys' individual prowess. Whereas Cloud Nine are a team that are actually trying to play with quite a lot of confidence and aggression. Um, yeah. So I think that tends to help people as they're making the swap over. Yeah. I, I messaged uh, Zeppa at the same time too. I was like, hey, are you actually going to even play like this weekend or or what's going to happen with you right now with the any regionals? Or And he's like, oh, no, I'm actually still learning the game. Uh, so he believes in the process right now as well. Right, he's not right. feeling like jealous or anything that he should have the opportunity right away to like represent Cloud9 or try to get to Iceland with the team. So I think they're they're being really patient with it. Uh, is just what's going to happen in like a month or two. I hope that he stays with Cloud9, but at the same time, I also am tired of of seeing people go in, in Cloud9 <laughs> when they're starting to get success at the same time too. So, <laughs> The team I yeah. want to move on to next is Antbox. And I want to, because Cloud9 managed to beat them. We had the moment in the previous show. Wyatt, can you remind me of the uh, of what you said about Antbox when they came in here? Well, we were just going through the bracket and we acknowledged... We were just talking about a bunch of other teams, and we just skipped yeah. it. And I said, "Are we sleeping on Antbox?" <laughs> because I, 
No. I just, you don't think so? <laughs> no. Yeah, I guess not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really very, didn't have expectations good. for these guys. And yeah, me neither. I mean, first of all, first match they come in and they beat up Sentinels. Yeah. And they do it with uh, some, some nice preparation of their own game. They, they were approaching the, the maps with some original ideas. They had some cool defensive setups on Split that I had never really seen before. It was just stuff that they were coming up with. Seb playing the Omen and Vice was playing Viper, defending on A. They were just doing some cool things near main, playing off the wall. Seb like TPing onto the high ground and it would be covered up by the wall at the time. And like the, they just had nice plays where they were playing off each other that they had come up with and... It was working. They were running the breach, playing them out over on the other site. Um, yeah. they, they were using the utility pretty well. It wasn't to like the perfect god-tier utility. Everything is exactly coordinated timing. But it was very good still. And uh, I, I think that uh, there's something to be said about them having created some of these setups and ideas them, themselves. Uh, you could see some of them. I mean, they did just catch sentinels off guard like Sven would try to work a they did not expect seb and vice to be playing in this manner towards main in these positions with utility because no one's ever really done it and yeah. they just get two kills for free end of the round um so a, a, a lot of credit to Anbox for for coming in with some original ideas in that and, and playing with confidence as well what struck me <laughs> watching their haven game is how confident they were against sentinels mada was pushing yeah. out of a lobby on defense and yeah. then rotating around and trying to flash peek into them and like take the fight to Sentinels. And that was something that I think a lot of teams tend to give respect to the best team in the region because they know that they're good. Like they feel yeah, reluctant to take challenges against them. Mm -hmm. But Mada had a great series on Phoenix, oh, a great map on Phoenix on Haven because he was just unafraid to take those fights and Sentinels uh, coordination was a little lacking as it sometimes can be in these early, these early games. Yeah. I definitely have to give credit to, to Mata for sure, looking at this roster right now, because I was always, it was the huge question mark for me. They lose Android, and who who's going to be that player that could replace him right now? Any free agent that currently exists uh, out there that could be picked up by Nbox, and they pick up Mata, where I haven't heard about Mata's name since when he trialed with LG, uh, with like Shaija, and he was actually even playing... I think I think he was playing Silva at that point too. Yeah, so was. he didn't have yeah he didn't have a role where he was able to like shine uh, as like a duelist where it was like just aggressive pushes. Where uh, for me, if we talk about Leaf of how he good uh, how good he was as as a duelist, I think Mata was another one that was playing with a lot of confidence and especially playing like uh, that Phoenix or even even a raise on top of that and not afraid to take those fights. Uh, against Sentinels and getting good results out of it too, like the, the helping for those retakes for for Nbox was really huge for uh, to have Mata in the team. There's still a team also that's going to continue to flex, as you mentioned before. Like Vice is playing different roles. I think he's even going as a Sova at some point too. So it's nice that we have a resurgent for a resurgent. Sorry for Vice and for Mata at this point. And yeah, yeah. In the end, it just really clicks for Nbox. It looks really good right now for for this team and. I, I think you have some sort of like sixth or like seventh sense, Wyatt, because every time it's like, are we sleeping on Cloud9? Are we sleeping on Nbox? Are we sleeping on Xset? And like, <laughs> fucking look at them today in like 2021. <laughs> it's like, they're, it, NA is looking pretty good in terms of competition. 
Yeah, I to mean, be fair, why... the exit thing is we we've gone over the exit thing a lot now. We've started the <laughs> one hour moment of silence for exit. Like we we've, yeah. we've heard a lot about exit now. We have to stand into the pledge of allegiance to exit and rep in the set every day when we start. The podcast. <laughs> so we've, we've gone a little bit past it. I, I, also, I also I'm really impressed. The more I've seen of this team too, not just of Mata you having that resurgence, but of Ye being so solid on both Duelist and Sage. Yeah. Like Ye actually had like a crazy good performance here. Like. When you see sometimes players that have been more duelist centric in the past move over to more supportive roles like Sage, a mm-hmm. lot of times you don't really see a lot of the value they can get and they have very questionable walls. I didn't think Ye's walls were all like next level, like interesting looks, but they were all solid and all of his utility usage is great. So, and his position is really good all the time. Yeah. So I'm really impressed with Ye and the Sage too. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it was very similar. Like, uh, Ye, Ye and Mitch for me were like eight, uh, players that I already saw playing Sage like in the beta days, like Sage op when it was like still very strong. So I think it's it's nice that they're still able to revert back to like after seeing potentially EU Loa, like, oh shit, Sage could still be used in, in the fucking meta. And now they just go back to it and it works really well for them. Yeah, all the, all the players were having some nice moments. Like, but boy, we yep. had some nice clutches. Yeah. One of them was really, it was, it was uh, cool. It was a 1v1. It was just how he used his smoke to uh, win a clutch against Sick. The one way? Yeah, yeah, like just putting down a one-way in the post-plant. And yeah, I think it's sort of symbolic in a way of what is cool about Anbox, and I guess just generally something that I, I appreciate in teams, which is just their approach to the utility usage in the game. Mm-hmm. Anbox are one of the teams that are clearly thinking about utilities. Yeah, in, in a <laughs> terrible, terrible... This guy's been waiting for that one, huh? Yeah. Oh, I could take off my sweater now. I feel good. Thinking, <laughs> thinking spoiling of, in me to try yeah. to get it out. That joke. Thinking about the utility in a unique way. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, and I, and I appreciate that though. I, well, I appreciate that because yeah. I don't think you see it enough. I want to talk about NA. that unique stuff because what we saw in this tournament. This was the first time that NA had been playing on two point zero six. Six. Seven? Six. Yeah. Okay. Seven. Six. six. Yeah. Uh, essentially, though, the big changes. Uh, the same within both of them, which is the Viper change. I guess yeah. the Yoru mm-hmm. change is actually pretty big too, but we didn't see too much of that. But the Viper change is something that was crucial to their win there on split against Sentinels. How much impact does this change make? Do you buy into the the like Boaster tweet where he's saying, if you ain't playing Viper right now, you're... What did he say? You're, you're tweaking or something? I don't know what the fuck he said. He's using some Zuma speak. I don't know. But essentially... <laughs> you don't say that daily? No, I don't say oh, that okay. daily. I think the kids are saying something like capping as well. If you're not playing Viper, you're capping. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that like, not, like, how do you not know Cap'n by this point? Cap'n <laughs> is everywhere. It's, uh, you must be Cap'n, Josh. No, because it's, no. it's literally everywhere. On I actually stack, love I playing my ranked games and just going, sheesh. Without <laughs> actually doing like the high, high pitch, I was just like, sheesh. And it, mm. it throws them off, but it kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I still feel how... like NA hasn't gotten a good grasp on viper yet on right. maps honestly course, that's what i course, really think yeah. i think that's really what it is because because on the maps where i see teams play it like in the grand finals when they had in the bind map where sentinels played c9 dapper just absolutely did crazy shit on viper and it made their whole life like pretty hellish at times because he would just control showers and then and he would also rotate his utility a lot especially his uh especially his smoke and then Oof. he would just pop his ult in mid all the time and they wouldn't know what to do about this like 
like they were just like okay guess we don't have mid uh time to go pressure an extremity that we don't hold because there's also another viper wall <laughs> and i feel like c9 had no real solution to this also to be fair poison's playing yoru and let me say this was booty butt cheeks this is a booty butt cheeks pick <laughs> this yoru i like their idea that c9 had though because they did a lot of like sand and shower crunches with them and they tried to like they tried to do some fast rotates with the teleport but then at the same time they would like try to slow push down like short on a and they would like run their footsteps through first and so they they would think there'd be someone there so they just peek up the footsteps and kill them so i'm like why would we why would we drop footsteps there but overall i think the viper is going to be really powerful and na teams have not learned how to utilize it properly yet. <laughs> the ult just looks so goofy i was just i'm just giggling at poise's ult he's just he's, he's just, <laughs> it's just so, so weird looking that's yeah, cool, that, this Yoru pick was not the play on this map, for sure. Yeah. I like this, some of the concepts C9 was trying to do here, but it did not work out very well. Well, I want to point out the, the adaptations that Sentinels made as they went throughout the series, uh, throughout the tournament, though, as well, because not only did they start to introduce the Viper, but they were playing more Astra compared to the beginning of the of yeah. the um, the beginning matches as well, right? And I feel like that made a huge difference for them. Like, it really adding that to their game. I don't know whether they were just doing it on a whim or what, but pulling that stuff out, I felt was crucial to them being able to get the advantage over these other teams. Like they, they ended up taking control of the series, control of the pace in a way that they hadn't done in those early matches against Anbox and T1. Something to I be mean, Zombs won well, them though. several fights with the pools. You know, they would, even on this map, you can see it, even on this map, that's where Diaper, Dapper, Diaper, call him Diaper over here. <laughs> we call him Diaper. But then, call him Diaper because he shits on his enemy. Because he shits on <laughs> <laughs> But like, even here, like, you could, there were many times when C9 would have to rotate off site. And because also, I think it's kind of, uh, the more I see Astro, the more I'm like, and people keep making tweets about it to other players. The pool is just so strong. It's just mm -hmm. so ridiculously strong. And is, yeah. like they would rotate to a site to replant and you could just instantly put down another star, pull them, and then you can just like have a better rotation. You know, it's just what Astro allows you to do and the flexibility she gives is just incredible. Yeah. So I, I feel like there's no way I can maybe see Viper not being used much, but Astra, I, I don't see how Astra isn't like a, almost a perma pick moving into like Iceland. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I, I agree with maps. that. Like hey, yeah. Haven, Bind, Split. Ascent, yeah. ice box. <laughs> yeah. Breeze as well, I've heard. <laughs> Breeze? Yeah. I mean, I actually don't know about Breeze, because Breeze is so big that... You gotta use Brimstone like in the trailer. But like... <laughs> <laughs> but you can't use the... Um, one star and a suck is not going to take up the entirety of a doorway in some mm. of those areas. It still is in some places. Yeah. And maybe Astra's just too good to not run. But I could see there being a slight shift on that map. But yeah, everyone else. <laughs> Man. I did want to say, though, about the Sentinels thing with their run that we didn't mention. This was one of the times we just watched them. They didn't take their foot off the gas, and they just fucking plowed through a seating bracket like it was sure, a tournament. Yeah. But I, think I mean, and that's... I think it makes sense given where they were. Right. I mean, um, seating is I'm... important. And, and the seating, yeah, the seating is more important, obviously, when you know who you're going to play against. But... I'm glad I, I would have been, I, I, I would have been, you know, rolling my eyes had I seen them just kind of like stumble to a win, not really not putting trying. their best foot forward right. 
and then they, I, yeah, like stumbled to it. Like that would not have ins- that would have inspired negative confidence in in me yeah. moving forward. Yeah. But now I actually feel like they have a, a pretty good shot again, sure. um, especially given where yeah where they were earlier in the tournament. But um, I guess another team that we didn't really. Uh, well, we actually hyped up quite a lot in the last episode. You were big believers in them, Wyatt. So I want to ask yeah. the question about NRG. Do you feel like they didn't perform up to expectations in this? Or do you feel like it was more the case of other teams outperforming them? Because they actually, I mean, they make it pretty deep. Yeah. And I mean, the they only big right? game, Yeah. They, yeah. The they qualify. Yeah. The only big game third. that they lose is against Cloud9 in that upper bracket, upper yeah. bracket final. And they lost to yeah. Sen. Yeah, but they lost to Sentinels. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's Sentinels, right? Yeah, I mean Sentinels mm-hmm. were were on their way back up to uh, through the usual selves at that point. I, I honestly, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I I, I expected Cloud Nine to be good, but not this good. So that that is uh, that that goes to your first point. I do think NRG were a bit underwhelming, though. We talked a lot, and I talked a lot about how ridiculous their roster is just in regards to the firepower, and I think that's all we really saw. They have good aimers. I didn't really see much more than that. I I wasn't particularly impressed with what they were bringing to the the server tactically. Um, I I mean, again, I I sound like the the number one Sky fan at this point, but... (laughs) Probably the most interesting thing I saw was they finally brought the Sky back on Split, and I, they lost to Sentinels, but you looked really good on Sky again. I was yeah, glad to yeah, see yeah. that. I don't know. They, ju- they, they just shot guys, and they hit headshots. Cool. Which is what I expected, but I honestly, I, I guess I'm a little disappointed because I, I feel like we should now be demanding more from NRG. <laughs> as if we haven't been doing that for fucking eight months but, <laughs> but, but i think that there, we the, the context is different now before it was like we were demanding more from nrg because they were uh i don't know they were spending a lot of money they were underperforming they were buying out players it wasn't going anywhere what's the, what's the direction okay we have a sick roster now where do we take it because yeah we have a sick roster right right they've done the they've made the correct decisions now yeah. it's just about yeah. getting results yeah i agree it's almost there. I think it's almost there at that point. They got the fraggers. Okay, they're comfortable under agents. I think they're still trying to figure it out. Before then, like the the ever revolving door of energy. And if I want to compare that with immortals, for example, immortals every time they cycle in two new players and get into a bracket, they still do very well. Energy, they bring in like star players on paper, and they're still like okay or just bombing out. So now that they, they have some success with text and Android in terms of like the fragging department and on paper with some on top of that, now it comes down to, okay, Daps, bring out your mind. Let's, let's start seeing more utility. Let's start evolving that strat book a little bit more uh, for the team and, and let's move forward. Because I don't know, ha- have Energy played with Astra in this, in this uh, tournament? I can't really remember. Uh, at this point, and that's I, that's I, for I me one of those it. things is like if you don't play, oh, Sam has been playing Ascent in Haven you, against oh, Immortals. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then it comes down to like if if you're not playing it for me, Astra, right now, you're like kind of falling behind a, a bit too. So I think I think they're trying it out right now with Sam getting probably used to the agent and how they want to develop as a team. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be uh, figured out right away this weekend for Energy, but um, I I still I still believe and probably better results from now until masters three 
it was one of those cases where I kind of forgot that they were running Astro because they didn't do anything notable with it. They kind of just, <laughs> they were one of those teams that they're in that situation where I think Sentinels were in for a bit as well, where it's like, we are running this because we know it's good and we know yeah. it's meta, but what are we doing with it? Well, on that yeah. map specifically, they have a Phoenix and a Reyna, and a, like, are right, we going to combo a Leer with a Suck? <laughs> I don't know. It's just, yeah. So it's just, uh, there's, there's some development to be done, but they have yeah. the pieces yeah. They have the pieces. Um, so, we'll <laughs> yeah. see. Yeah, and we'll see. Well, I mean, we'll go through predictions later on, and we'll see whether people have decent expectations of them when they play against the best in North America. Um, mm -hmm. who, which of the other teams do we want to go through? I want to give a vast a moment, actually, to talk about the Mayfly, the Dayfly theory, because ah. actually, you roasted me for that a couple of weeks ago, and they are called Day... They were originally called Dayflies as well, because they <laughs> really? only, cause they only really? live for a day. Uh, very originally. I mean, I'm talking in the, like, 1700s, I think. Oh, so. I'm sorry. I didn't know we were going back to ye olden times here. <laughs> Let me head over to the cobbler shop, too, and then uh, I, I didn't realize that was going to be the issue. But, but yes, <laughs> the Mayfly theory, which, um, yeah, it relates to immortals, it came true again realistically i mean the thing is is that they they didn't start out nearly as strong i'd say this tournament comparatively though generally they start out a lot stronger than this they look like oh man this team's gonna go to the finals they kind of had a cl relatively close series versus tsm uh they like i, I feel like they kind of struggled a bit at uh, points um and even on like the icebox where they played rossi on like viper I felt like they still, this is another instance of an NA team not really knowing exactly how they wanted to play with the Viper yet. Um, they looked a lot better with Rossi on the Astra or JC Stoney on the Astra versus like having the Viper. Um, so I, I don't know. For the Mortals, it just, it's, it just feels like right now they have the fragging power. And they, they definitely committed to Rossi because nature's gone. They mm -hmm. mutually parted ways with nature. Um, yeah. They announced yeah. that. So they've committed to Rossi here. And... Something about Immortals just isn't clicking right now, which is weird because it's they do seem to start clicking and then it just falls apart. And I and I'm not sure exactly what's going wrong with them because and also Shot Up was still like he wasn't back up to like peak Shot Up where he was dropping close to 30 bombs on Reina at the time, but he was having a good he was having a good performance. Jay Z Sonny was playing solidly. They just seemed to lack a lot in their execution and how they were setting up their defenses and their hits. It just they just seemed a little I don't know slow during this yeah. tournament. It's it's a tough one too because nature was calling for the team steps out and then and then Rossi comes in or and then he's the one that's calling for the team right now and they're bringing an Astra on top of that and they put JC Stani on the jet. I think they've done like way too many changes um, in terms of like just trying to get their their footing in and maybe when when there's too many changes you should go back to where it's comfortable where you've had success. Uh, I mean, it, it was decent, but not decent enough, right? You still want to make it into the the any regionals at this point, and it, it was missed, unfortunately. It looked pretty good versus TSM, I'd, I'd have to say, but then for the rest of the run, it's 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 fallen short, unfortunately. Is there anything to be said about TSM here? Is there anything new Actually, to be said well, about them? Possibly. I did. I did want to say one last thing oh, about Immortals. Yeah. Uh, really quick, which is just to me the the two best things about the team are Rossi now and mm -hmm. Chemicals on Sentinel, which was his original role when he when he got straight out picked of up for the yeah. team, and he looks really good when he's on the Cipher. Rossi looks really good on a, a number of agents. Viper's great, Astra's great, Astra's good. Yeah. Um, 
those are the highlights of the team right now. And I think that that is a team that we have to call into question when we do our, are we going to say it about these teams yet? Sure. Segment, <laughs> because I think there are, we, we, we may be at the point where something needs to be said about, they always had the same problems. We've always talked about how consistent like Gangsta and Stani are, yeah. but they've also always been there to consistently die after day one. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's a discussion there. There is a discussion there. So I'm, for I'm sure. just floating that yeah. for, for, the, for the future <laughs> for the discussion future. where we talk about do these rosters need to go? Yeah. But TSM. Yeah, because. Well, big news. Brax is back. Did well, you see that? I saw Brax and Hayes were in scrims recently <laughs> yep. or something together. That's going to save them. Yeah. Kappa. <laughs> 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 no, but. but, but uh, <laughs> but, but what do we want to say about this tournament? I, well, I don't have anything to say about TSM okay. because they performed exactly two expectations as far as I'm concerned. Like yeah. they, they, well, actually I was expecting them to perform a little worse against, uh, against Immortals, but then I thought Immortals would perform better. So I think that's six and two threes, but they just down into the low bracket, beat BBG out immediately straight away to a team that's been looking competent. And that's the story of TSM across the whole yeah. of 2021. Just not even... If you looked at TSM's roster and the results that they've got, it's just a middling Tier 2 team in, T yep. in 2021. They're not, mm -hmm. even, they're not even looking like they have glimmers of getting back to Tier 1 in any way. So, I mean, again, we're talking about, like, the alley-oop for a later episode of do we have to call it on some of these rosters. TSM have done nothing inspirational recently apart from that game where Waddell just fucked... <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that the players are bad. I just think that this collection has probably met its its, it's dead a, end. demise. Yeah, I mean, the only map they won against an arguably tier one team was with, once again Wardell had a very good performance. Yeah. Like excluding BBG from that list, because BBG, like I still wouldn't say they're like obviously in that tier one level solidified yet. Yeah, the only map they won against like, a tier one event in Challengers two was. Again, when Wardell popped off. And that's just, you know, you and it's not like they were playing individually poorly necessarily. It's just the fact that it just seems like they're so lost that yeah. they don't seem to actually gain any momentum unless Wardell like opens up a site entirely and gets a ton mm -hmm. of kills. And that mm -hmm. and that's yeah. I mean, it can really help players that are uh, that are uh, that are struggling in their career is to just shuffle them up. People can still be good elsewhere. It's exactly. just that sometimes when you are with a group, they've just lost their way and they need to be uh, saved from the desert. They're literally just wandering <laughs> around for 40, 40 years in the desert. <laughs> the wandering has come to an end, though. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Out. They, they are dying of dehydration at this point. <laughs> it's, <laughs> they're it's they're trying to find that, that burning over. brush that's going to save them pretty much. Yeah. I, I, think, I think TSM definitely, for me, like looking at them, it's, it's so unfortunate, too, because... You know, they like everybody agrees they're really good individually. Just it doesn't clash, it doesn't click anymore with how the meta is evolving. I think they tried to bring in Astra like everybody else, and like same thing as White was saying is like, what else are they running? A Sky, a Jet, a Phoenix. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Killjoy from time to uh, with uh, with Haze, but there's no combination to be used with the Astra. So you're you're really having like Sabrosa trying to 
or ex help the team exec with uh, the Trailblazer, or he's going to be lurking on his own and use the mind game guiding light to like, am I going to flash? Am I not going to flash? Am I going to kill you with a flash or not? And then he's trying to have his lurk plays and entry for the team. Wardell's trying to do his stuff too. He's trying to entry as an operator where now as a jet opping on, even on the attacker side, you can't dash into a site and create space because you still have to try to opt for the team. Like when when he's popping out with uh, the the blade storm, he's actually able to create that space. But then after that, it just gets very slow and not necessarily slow, but just defaulty. Where teams understand it's like, who are we going to look for right now? It's going to be Wardell trying to get an uh, an opening pick, and they could counter that very easily. So I I, I feel that it's they're still missing. I think just agents, right? If you're again for me, I see a lot of um, effectiveness with. Astra and Race, for example, too, on on some of these matches in in EU that I'm watching now, and yeah, it, it, it's missing right now for 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 these type of comps, and 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 that's why it shows like unfortunately like a, a low result in like the fragging department or even assist for Cutler because he's just throwing nebulas, and then it's just gonna be like good luck getting into the site because they're not com uh, combining with anything else. I also think that uh, <clears throat> I keep thinking back to Sabrosa's comment where he's like. Uh, the, the TSM special, you just change shit up and you never fix the mistakes that you've made. You just change shit so you can make different mistakes. Yeah. And I think they've been stuck in that loop for so long. Because when I watch them, the thing that strikes me is less the agents and more just the, the interplay between the players. Uh, they, they used to be really tight with that shit. Of like, even if their players weren't the strongest players, they actually had really good coordination between them in terms of like how they were playing off each other's um, playing off each other's abilities and what L would be smoking out his teammates and and being able to give them ratty smokes to play around and the trades mm -hmm. were there. At the moment, I don't know the, all of their micro play has fallen off a cliff. It's like they've just gotten yeah. I mean, I think they're just lost and they've um, they've sacrificed a lot of their fundamentals to try and regain the uh, the the like macro gameplay they're trying so hard to focus on getting a comp that works for them that i don't yeah. think they're thinking about the fundamentals and that's what actually wins games yeah i think they're thinking about getting their confidence back just by sheer fragging right now like sure. just if, if it works out for them if they could frag then it's good but then unfortunately it's 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 not enough because there's there's unfortunately lack of consistency in results from time to time on map to map you can't always be like that number one fragger every single map with some exceptions of course but i think that's where like you see you know the demise of for example win with gen g at that point i think win was another one that was like amazing on paper really good as a jet op but also not consistently helping the team out for gen g like if he looks good gen g looks good if he looks bad gen g might scrape it but most likely will lose at the same time too and i think I they're at the same boat right now with tsm I definitely want to touch on that Genji Quinn news later on. Do we want yeah. to touch on any of the other teams that went through this bracket? I think I feel like we've covered all of the important ones. Did anyone yeah. have anything mm -hmm. burning that they wanted to say about other teams? No. No. All right. Very well then. Now to the no. spice because we have we have the bracket. Do we not for the yeah, challengers finals now for North mm -hmm. America? And we can start making some some sexy little preds to. Uh, <laughs> To take a look at what what the bracket looks like, EMEA has yep. already been like halfway through, and Brazil and uh, I'm not sure. I think Korea is about to begin as well, mm. and North America are all like on the verge of starting. They all end mm -hmm. on the same date though, which I think is like May the second or something. So it gives teams three weeks to be able to 
have the break and, and practice for, for, for the end result. But mm-hmm. the, the first match, I want to go for like the most basic one first. Oh, here we go. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, oh, this is on, um, oh, this is the Pickums, actually. Yep. These, yep. Are, these are the Pickums. Mm. So we can, we can go through and we can select who we think is actually going to win and we can lock it into the website as well. So yep. we're moving away from VLR. Um, let's start at the top then. Fuck it. 100 Thieves taking <laughs> on Anbox. So that is the number one seed coming out of all of it versus yeah. the number four seed coming out of Challengers 2. Uh, mm-hmm. How how are we thinking about this? I feel like on paper, you know, it's a lock for 100 Thieves, but yeah. is that actually how it's going to play out? Yes. Are we sleeping, <laughs> yes. Are, are we sleeping <laughs> on Anbox? Are we Anbox? sleeping on Anbox? <laughs> are we? Are we? I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like on this one, it should be pretty favored for 100 Thieves, right? I, I yeah. have to admit, I think this match could be closer than if you would ask me this like a week ago or two, you know, I'd be like, if somehow Anbox had magically materialized in this bracket without winning any of these games in the challengers, you know, you know it, I would and I'd be like, okay, like this is gonna be a stomp. But now that I look at this, I think Anbox could actually have a good performance here if they like fix like if they just like pick up their game here a little bit. Like they showed they have the fragging power now a little bit more, in my opinion, as long as Ye and Mata have good games. Um but I, I think, think this is hundred thieves pretty long. A hundred thieves seem like I know that they haven't been perma banning split recently, but if a hundred thieves decide to ban it, that also removes a map where Anbox had some of their most creative stuff that could catch a top yeah. team like this off guard. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think the map pool is great for them either, matching up against a hundred thieves. Uh, they would really have to pull out some like new shit and really lean heavily into the Viper to win this one, I think. Right? Or just pop off, just pop off as fragging too. Like if Mata yeah. is going to be able to do what he did versus Sentinels in that upper bracket uh, of the uh, closed qualifier or open qualifier, whatever it is now, um, then they they might stand a chance to like dent hundred these maybe in a close one map series or one map out of the three maps, but. I still think right now 100 Thieves will will definitely prevail uh, in okay. this in this matchup. Yeah. Well, does anyone believe in version 1? Is anyone going to try and sell no. me on the version 1 upset? No. I mean, there's always the potential that Central once again <laughs> trips over there. No, 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 wait. Listen, it's not the potential of like they win. It's more of the potential that they set up the, the lower bracket run here again for Sentinels, where Sentinels right, right. falls over their shoelaces yeah, yeah, again yeah, yeah, yeah. in the quarters. Then they win through lower bracket and win the whole event. Now, do yeah. I think it's going to be happening? No, probably not. But right. you never know. I, I'm just looking at why, like, wincing and being like, maybe. Oh, are we whoa. sleeping on but version the, one? But the narrative, the narrative, man, that would be a powerful it's, narrative. It would. I don't know. Why? What, what, what do you have in mind? Uh, Sentinels just win. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay good. Yeah. I think, <laughs> Nothing uh, interesting. I mean, version Sentinels one. Win. Do we even yeah. know who the fifth player for version it's one is? Whippy. That's oh, what I was going to say. Whippy, right. Um, whippy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, version one are good, but I don't think they. Here's the thing as well. If 100 Thieves and Sentinels don't look good in their opening games, I am worried about North America, by the way. Yeah. Because these yeah. are the... D- Exit are our only hope. I mean, Exit <laughs> and Envy definitely could be. I think yeah. those could yeah. be interesting teams to follow to Iceland. But I think mm-hmm. most North American fans are one, perhaps one of these hoping that Sentinels yeah. and 100 Thieves are your representatives going forward and they've hit like, they peak at the right time. So yeah. if that isn't the case and they start out shaky against Anbox in version one, you're already starting to get a little worried. Um, yeah. Let's 
Let's go down for the rest of the upper bracket quarterfinals and, rather than... And uh, remember, version on. one cannot play shotguns that well anymore, too, with the latest patch, right? When they were, like, no getting these... Oh, yeah. Exactly. Vanity Bucky is going to be gone, too, so Ragic. that's going to be a very tough versus Sentinel. It was 90% of his kills. These next two matches are much less easy to predict on paper, I think. I think this is so easy to accept. I don't yeah, see NRG yeah, same that. here. I, yeah. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt thinks it's very easy for the second one as well. <laughs> I, I don't. I I, I don't I see don't NRG. The second winning one's this. that easy. I don't know if the second one's that easy in particular. Like, I, but but go on for first. Let's talk. Okay, okay, okay let's talk X NRG first. For all the reasons I was outlining, why I was a bit disappointed in NRG, despite me still being very high on the players as all excellent individuals. I don't suspect that the team play and utility usage will be at the level of X set who are yeah. one right. of the, in, in terms of utility, one of the absolute best in, in NA right now. Plus I, the Viper I, buff, I think, yeah. is actually, it yeah. just plays straight into Weeded's hands. I mean, unless the only, I think the win con for NRG is probably just someone, what, not, not, even, not even someone, multiple players in just, you know, 30 bomb beast mode, and uh, Exet not being able to handle that. Otherwise, I don't think NRG on attack are doing anything particularly... They're not doing anything outside the norm. Exet's defensive setups are just so detailed. I just don't see NRG winning this game, despite the no. players being really good. Exet are just yeah. Yeah. different in terms of the, the util. It does seem like Exet this is a util meta coming up as well. Exactly. With Astro, exactly. Viper, like yeah. Yeah. other stuff that you should combine with that. Exet's deep right now in their agent pool. Like I know, I know. Like I've been, you know, praising sick of being able to play like one agent on every map with Sentinels, like in Masters or whatever it was before. Yeah, I think we did is going to be one of those as well because it's not only Viper. He's playing Astra, I think, on a Haven, and then going on Bind, it's going to be uh, Aaron that plays Astra. So they they actually switch a lot in terms of, like their agent pool, and I even think like on another map. He plays uh, we did well. plays a phoenix exactly yeah, yeah. so like the the agent pool for exit is super deep and that that proves to me that their strategy is also going to be deep as well and if you're going to try to compare utility uh base based on the past tournaments and the past events for exit versus energy exit's going to take the upper hand out of this one too um they continuously con uh, like look good i have to stop like yeah. literally i i me too i have to stop sleeping on them because i always think it's going to be like one of those staple hold organization names like 100 these sentinels envy and and tsm but um now x going to be is like way up there yeah. in that in that top four for me especially since they have such a good grasp of astra already and nrg <laughs> som wasn't playing like any astra you know like they weren't mm -hmm. really playing very much astra at all already and i think astra as we move forward is continuing to be a very important uh, agent in the pool obviously with breeze being introduced and we talked about how maybe with like breeze astro won't be as impactful so you might not have to worry about it since that might still be like an omen map mm -hmm. or, or even the the lore based brimstone from the cinematic <laughs> but the point being is that yeah. I, I do feel like exit's current we can't sleep on exit anymore we've done the pledge of allegiance i've yeah, stood up yeah, yeah. i've saluted the, the flag of exit and rep the set been yeah. and uh i think it's i think it's gonna be exit all right I mean, Oh no! What I I wanted to move on, but I, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna move on. Okay, I was. I mean, sorry, I was Cloud gonna 9, say I. It's preordained that Exet and Envy shall meet in every tournament. I mean, if we yeah. if you click on Envy yeah. again, there, Kurt, those se upper semifinals are like the best are that you sick. could construct. 
Exit and Envy clashing again. A hundred thieves and Sentinels clashing again. Like that's the way that the fans would want it to go. I think it might just end with. But what it would just end up with Envy Sentinels. What are Envy gonna play here? The to me. I mean, they're not. They're simply yeah, not. Victor so, Sky. I think. I mean, Victor I'm discounting everything that I saw from the final maps of uh, matches of Envy where they were playing Victor on Sky because people were saying that he hadn't been running in scrims or anything. It looked nonsensical. And bought the agent before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just purchased the agent. So, I and I also think that Envy's style doesn't play into that much, um, like. I don't know. Saying that they don't play with that much structured utility usage is wrong because they do actually set up their duelists pretty well. But the duelists tend to play like Phoenix, Rainer, that kind of shit more often than they play stuff that combines very well with like an overall team. It's more about putting those guys in a position to frag. And I don't know whether this is... I think against Cloud9, that might be a, a, a... a decent matchup for them. I think they could do that against Cloud9. I think Cloud9 are also a team that wants to take those kind of fights. Yep. Yeah. I think but I think Envy is sweating. Against the other They're... teams, I'm not sure I'm that high on Envy's style translating into this patch. But maybe I, I'm thinking I, about it too much. Maybe I'm overthinking. I feel like the sky is like a, a teaser. It's like a teaser to like... Um, Fuck, uh, Victor is like picked it, but at the same time, it's like there's a possibility that Envy is gonna play like a double initiator on maps like, like, uh, like Bind, for example, again, and and actually use that utility, right? I mean, if you look at the rest, you still have you still have Caboose that's gonna play like a Raze or 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 a Phoenix, I think, at some point too, and that's that's an agent that could really pop off too, uh, uh, or a player that could pop off too, based on um, Victor's utility as a Sky, and then you just yeah. now have. Um, Crashy's being able to do what he needs to do as that Silva because he's he's sick as that as that agent, right? I so. think though that food just looked so unpracticed on the sky completely that if yeah. they were going in that direction, that he would have had to get up to speed real fast. Mm-hmm. The other part mm-hmm. about this too is that with Mame picking up the op a lot. That does not, to me, fit with how you want to be playing Astra in the slightest. Like, he was doing really well with it, though. But I, on but, a cent, yeah, I remember he was pretty yeah, good with it. I think it just too. conceptually, though, if, you're, if your setups are revolving around having your AWPA hold an area, you aren't going to be able to... Every time you go into Astral Form to help the rest of your team, you're yeah. not going to be there holding that angle anymore. Like, yeah. The concept of it doesn't make sense in my head that well. Maybe they'll have setups that work really well around it like maybe he takes really deep angles and then once he takes contact falls off and then uses the astro util but but then that gets him out of this position as operator i agree with you because when when i was watching mummy yeah when i was watching mummy op with astra it looked pretty good but there they have to be like premeditated stars that are already set on the ground so that if he misses the shot he could nebula out and like find his escape right whether like i mean it's it's pretty much the same way as he plays with Omen because if he misses the shot with Omen, he can't really shrouded step away or like teleport away because it's it, there's still a delay where he could just get picked. So I think mechanically his 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 opping style is still going to be the same. It's just if you have to premeditate and place those stars at the beginning, then yes, when it comes down to reactionary where he has to help out the rest of his team, they're they're losing a lot in terms of that. So I think uh, I, I do agree with you in terms of like the synergy of having him play. Uh, an operator on an Astro team-based individual-wise, I think it's still going to yeah. work. 
just to, for, for, to help the team is going to be They've had a long difficult. time, though. They've had a long time to yes. work on their shit coming into this tournament. So, yeah, And they've also yeah. had the opportunity of seeing Cloud9 play recently. So uh, Also, there, everyone for Envy, except for Mummy now, is in the facility together, playing from uh, the same room. Mm, so mm. it's only Mummy now. Be, been hang, uh, been, uh, that's a little Envy juice. Yeah, because they uh, because Mummy's <laughs> waiting hands. to get... Mummy is waiting to get his vaccine, so he's not in. He's not right, in there yet. But right. everyone else is vaccinated in, in the facility, so yeah. that could change their the dynamic facility. a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I I feel relatively all right predicting envy here, but I think there's upside yeah. potential. I, I think there's a little upside potential. Upset potential, but I I am confident in envy. Yeah, okay, saw yeah. from C nine. I think C nine would. I would agree with you that they probably lose the series, but I think they're actually they realistically you should have a pretty good tournament still like i mm-hmm. think i think i'm actually kind of confident in c9 to have at least a good run i don't think they're going to beat like necessarily any of what we consider the top teams but i think they're going to establish themselves as like towards the top of these like the middle of the pack you know the gatekeepers actually yeah, yeah. for how okay, short yeah. they've been together because i actually really like the look they had in uh the challengers in this past challengers i like the look all right so. let's let's continue then 100 thieves sentinels what the hell are you thinking here? Well, my question still, it's where I left off when we were talking about the tournament that 100 Thieves won, the stage one to make it in, that I felt that they showed it all. They, I felt like they were bringing everything out that they had, that they had been working on, even in the upper bracket final against Envy, where Victor was playing Sky seemingly at random, <laughs> not really at random. It was a seeding game. Yeah. Um, but 100 Thieves were not playing like it was a seeding game. They were playing to win. They were bringing um, out a lot of little set plays and stuff. Yeah, and all like types of different, different walls. Yeah, Ethan was bringing out all types of different walls. They had different... They had new executes that I hadn't... Uh, well, I had previously seen because European teams did them, but they hadn't done them before. Yeah. Um, they were just bringing <laughs> out new things. They had new looks. So my question is, how much do they have now? What have they been preparing for this tournament within the past uh, uh, two weeks now? How um, much Astra did they play? Almost none. Yeah. They played very little Astra, very little Viper. Yeah. Like yeah. They, they played very little Astra or Viper, which I think is, could be the new look is seeing how they play with those agents coming do to the you, tournament. Do you think they might not want to play Astra as much because Nitro was so good at Omen? Do you think they'll do you think they'll yeah, think I to mean, themselves? I can imagine the the logic in their head going, Nitro's the best omen in NA. Mm-hmm. Why would we sacrifice that to have like him learn Astra when he's already at the top of his game when it comes to Omen and you can work with an omen? Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like that could be a trap that they fall into. I yeah. don't even know necessarily whether it's a trap. Like, that might end up working for them. I mean, it's I not a trap if your style works, because... right? It just feels like right now, especially if you want, ever want to take those aggressive, like, really aggressive initial round, like, extremities and take the orb really aggressively, Astra just does it so much better yeah. than Omen. Astra yeah. just does it so much better, you know? So I feel like... But also, to be fair, 100 Thieves has at times opted to play, like, a slower, less, like, orb extremity-driven style. So they might feel okay we still were just putting nitro and perma omen so yeah i, really I don't know what to think about this game because i don't have a good understanding of what 100 thieves are going to bring if anything new and also yeah. i would say that when even though i was impressed with some of the stuff that 100 thieves did in their run through challenges one 
uh, which is like the Ethan on Sage worked extremely well. I loved the little set plays that they had together to be able to increase their coordination, like that sick double peak that they had on the on the the on top of the wall on um, catwalk when they swung into mid. But overall, their sight hits and their retakes and how they hold sights as well. A lot of those like fundamentals are still weaker than other teams in North America and certainly weaker than teams that are running similar styles over in Europe. And that is the area that they don't seem to be improving that much on. They're really <laughs> tight when they have a set play that they've already preordained. But when, when it's a bit more like improvisational and reactive, they're still playing very individually and not yeah. like they don't look like super tight together. I feel mm -hmm. I feel like that is the next step. If a hundred thieves tighten that shit up, they're gonna be actually the best team in North America. But I, it's so hard to predict whether they're gonna have worked on that kind of stuff within how long has it been since we saw them? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. It's yeah. not that long, really, is it? I don't yeah. know. I don't know who to predict here. I feel like <laughs> probably. I feel like predicting hundred thieves to be honest, but mm. I don't. I really don't know. <laughs> 100 Thieves, huh? I don't know. I feel like, like Freddy Sentinels myself. I feel like Sentinels have a far better, yeah. like, just what we've seen. They seem like they currently, they look stronger on what is more likely going to be the meta coming forward. But also, and it's Sentinels. But also, we don't know because we haven't seen 100 Thieves play anything recently, right? On patch 2.06. So, yeah. I mean, we really don't know what 100 Thieves look is going to be. Yeah. I'm still trying to ask right now and try to confirm if this weekend is going to be on 2.07 or 2.08. But overall, for for hundred these, I I actually do agree with with Josh. If if it comes down to where the initial like entry or the pick doesn't work out for hundred these, then it's just like okay, well, it's going to be individual. Try to have our guys frag out for the people remaining, and if it doesn't work out, then Hiko is going to try to clutch, and it it hasn't changed for quite a while for me in terms of, of watching that type of style. Um, but uh, if I have to base on like the, the, the same page brain as, as Twitch chat and, and he goes like, Oh, we're going to come up with something new for this event. Then I want to, I want to see this happen. I think two weeks is going to be enough. Uh, especially now. I think they started boot camping since yesterday or two days ago. Um, I, right. I will, probably split this uh, i would i will go for 100 thieves i actually have 100 thieves making it all the way really oh yeah okay God, the more i all think the about way. it though the less i'm yeah. inclined to follow you van silly too i know i set you down this dark <laughs> path, but i just Traitor. had flashbacks yeah. i just had flashbacks to like how those guys are playing on their ascent attack and it hasn't improved that much and i don't mm -hmm. i don't know oh well, uh, pick b doesn't work out he go try to clutch see you later <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, bro. I don't know. Also, I haven't been that impressed with Sentinel's Haven recently. It doesn't seem like the indefensible, uh, sorry, indefensible, unbeatable uh, map that it previously was. Fuck it. I'll go with Sentinels so that it's 3-1, and that way we can move on with the bracket. Damn, but Josh I... literally took... He just brought <laughs> you off the boat and burnt the ship behind you. And left <laughs> That's what he did, man. Don't worry, it's, don't worry. I, I think that game, to... you just don't know enough information to predict it accurately at this point. I'll yeah. be on that raft. I'll see you guys on the beaches of Breeze. I, yeah. <laughs> I I feel fairly confident really? Sentinels winning right now. Actually. I think yeah. I don't know, man. All right, anyway, Exit Envy. I like Exit in this game. Oh, I like Exit. <laughs> yeah, because He's repping the set. I'm repping the set here. I think that I 
I'm trying to get that new uh, they had new merch drop. You're trying oh, to get really? a, you're trying to get a free package. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, listen, I'll put, <laughs> I'll put my address in the comments below. Don't, don't look at it if you're a viewer, <laughs> but if you're from Exeter, yeah, he sent me a package. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not that confident in Envy adapting their style that's worked so well for them in the past to beat Exeter here. I think that mm -hmm. the the way that Exeter that there are more options in this meta to shut down aggression, I feel. Just fundamentally, like the Astra, the Viper, when you take so much damage when you push through it, the aggressive yeah. nature of Envy, especially when they're defending, I think is going to be harder to pull off in this meta. So I'm going to fucking punt for Exet. I'm not mad at it. I'm just thinking about history. And what has history taught us? Uh, well, Envy usually... Except that one time they didn't yeah. in the seating match. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I'm going. I'm going in B. Don't look at my logo, but I'm I'm going in B. Yeah, absolutely. Biased industry sellout. No, this is I'm, just a basic shirt that I'm wearing. So. It's just a basic <laughs> tee. I. I this now this one is a hard one to call though. Yeah, this is a difficult one. I I will oh. Vincent, you go first. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, this is like, I'm, I'm always like a huge Envy fan myself. Like, I always want to see them, you know, at the point where they're going to be able to represent North America or just be where everybody thinks they should be. Especially when we go far back as to December when every single team in North America is like, watch out for Envy. They look so good. And then I've always been anticipating like a fucking kid on Christmas and then... I'm I'm expecting the Xbox when I open a gift and then I get a fucking calendar. And it's, it's just unfortunate to to see that from Envy all the time. So and, and I had Envy winning Masters 1 all the way from from like day 1 we start the show I was like Envy's winning it and then it just didn't make it. And then looking at them versus Exit, yes, it's a great rivalry where Envy usually has their number, but Exet continues to improve and evolve where I haven't seen that from Envy yet, unfortunately, recently. So as much as I usually am a, a Envy fan, I have to go with my logic to, to say that Exet's actually going to be able to take this series. And now should I backstab him and go for Envy? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm... I think I'm gonna be I'm gonna be joining Connor on the Envy train. Okay, all right. Welcome. I, and and Kurt, I, I will Curtis. I will happily be wrong if Kurt, if if Kurt, that click one of true. them, whichever your heart desires. Which one do you believe is gonna win, Kurt? I will say these are my two favorite teams in NA, but I gotta rep the set, dude. <laughs> rep the set. Nah, rep the set. Rep the set. Right, okay. mad at it. So. I, I more so than predicting the, the upper bracket final, although we can do that it, with, with the clash, I also yeah. want to kind of ask the question, instead of predicting the entire lower bracket, which would take forever and it just become a shit fest at that point, yeah. I, I want to kind of ask you which two teams you think are eventually going to make it. So let's, let's predict this team first, and then if a team was to make a lower bracket run, or if you had to put your money on which two teams will actually make it to Iceland, where would you go? First of all, Sentinels exit. Is there a world where exit win this? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, think it's. Could I think it's not out of the realm of possibility. Mm -hmm. In fact, I think that the phrase I just used made it seem like it's less close than it might actually be. I think that Exet would have a good chance of of beating Sentinels actually, um, but Sentinels are still favored, and I would suspect that they win. Yeah. I mean, I I still expect Sentinels to qualify, despite their shakiness. 
if again to to go to history sentinels have had plenty of 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 times in the past where they've been shaky but they've always recovered when it mattered and they always win when it matters and i think that they'll do the same thing again yeah I am inclined to agree. It's hard to bet against mm-hmm. Sentinels when they've been the best team in North America since like mid last year. Yeah. Sentinels. Okay. So I want to ask again, instead of predicting the entirety of the lower bracket, which of these teams do you think is going to make it to Iceland along with Sentinels? If, if our clear favorite is Sentinels, mm. which is the second team? Because if it was 100 Thieves, you know, they come up against Sentinels pretty early on, so that would be a pretty long lower bracket run. Or, I mean, they could, they could fucking win, right? They actually could win that game against you know, Sentinels. I, uh, or mm-hmm. are we feeling like Exit, Envy? Those are the standout candidates. I want to give it to Envy, but what, it, what is sticking in the back of my mind is what happened at the end of Masters 1, where they just went out in... A fl- in flumping fashion to Gen G. Yeah. Uh, that, that is yeah. in the back of my mind because I feel that Envy should be able to beat both Xset and 100 Thieves. I actually think that Envy, if Envy were playing at 100% capacity, they would have won that Masters. stage one. I'm, I'm pretty convinced of that. Mm-hmm. But will they in, in will they deepen the lower bracket because i don't think they're going to make it through the upper bracket final and just win out in the lower bracket will they crash and burn at the end or not even at the end they won't make it to the end um will will they go out in upset fashion again mm-hmm. that's that is my question i sure. i i had so i did my pickums last week too and i had envy making it to the lower finals as well um but unfortunately, will not be out. able to. Yeah, crashing out in the lower finals and not making it through. My my hot take actually is my top two teams going to Masters is Hundred Thieves and Exet. Yeah, somehow <laughs> that's somehow spicy. in this bracket. Somehow in this bracket, these matchups. I I had at some point in the lower bracket a rematch between Envy and Sentinels, where for the. 10th time that they meet against each other this will be the second time that yeah. envy will be able to beat but sentinels. actually i think that's quite likely if 100 thieves win over sentinels in the upper bracket yep. like that that would play out quite quite <clears throat> commonly i think but it's it's mm-hmm. whether or not you think that is going to be the way that 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 game goes yeah um what are you thinking connor who are the who are the two teams I mean, I'm definitely, I mean, I definitely think Sentinels make it all the way through. I mean, that's pretty yeah. obvious. And Look then, the I don't know if it's actually going to, I'm not actually necessarily going to go with Envy. I mean, covering up this really? shirt, I actually don't necessarily think it's going to be Envy. You, you, don't, you to, don't? You don't have to give a hot take just because you're talking to your friends, you know? He's like, crossing no, no, thinking, his toes. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. He's, he's I'm crossing honestly, his toes while he's I, telling I, us that it's I'm not really, going to be I'm really thinking here. <laughs> I mean, re- realistically, I'm like, yeah, pro- I feel like Envy should, but I wouldn't be surprised to see. Uh, I honestly would not be surprised to see, especially with this meta, would to see Exit potentially make it through. Yeah. No joke. Wouldn't be surprised to see Exit yeah. make it through. If I, I was going to go like super good. ultra spicy, if I just wanted to like really just like c- get my own C9 rewards card, be like, C9s make it through, but no, I don't think so. No, not oh, C9. So oh, I'm going to go, I'm actually going to go, but God. I'm going with the safe pick. I'm going to pick Envy. I'm going to pick Envy. So. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go, sen- oh God. I mean, I think, 
I feel like it's either Sentinels and Envy slash Xset. I'm gonna go Envy, but I I feel like they're going to disappoint me. I can smell the the like lower bracket third four disappointment. Well, <laughs> incoming. I, 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 I think can it's, smell it. It's also interesting to pose the question of who are the best two representatives, and I mean like the best, like if. Once you have another month before Iceland actually happens, yeah. so the best of this tournament might not actually be the, be the best representatives to send to Iceland. Plus, on top of that, you got to think of stuff like: Are they more likely to choke in big games? Because you don't necessarily want to send a team that might choke yeah. when they get to Iceland as as your representative from North America. I mean, for me, Sentinels clearly the best team to send because they've been yeah. at the yeah. top for so long, and you have faith that they'd be able to like. Even if they lost in the group stage, they'd actually turn up in the big games. Yeah. Who is that second best team to send? I think it's one of Xset or Envy. Except because I... they actually have good fundamentals and play some weird shit that might catch people off guard. <laughs> and Envy because they play with so much confidence and they have really good individual talent that, again, could catch teams off guard. I feel like sending 100 Thieves is almost like dooming them to the fate of being a worse version of the EU teams. Ye I... Mm. I, I actually I agree with that. You know what I mean? I, I think the I think the yeah. best two would be Sentinels and Envy. I think Xset might be too too fresh. Too, too yeah, too, too, green. too, too green in their esports journey to just go to Iceland and turn up. Though they've been very consistent within the NA scene, they have not been able to actually Crack. win a tournament. Make it well, they made it deep in the last one, but That's how much of that was them and how much of that was Envy? Yeah. Okay. So they they haven't shown that they have what it takes to actually win a tournament yet, and Envy have. Oof. Envy have the Shit. confidence. I, yeah, I would say a hundred thieves in Envy. I, I feel I feel now somebody has to throw me like a buoy off that off that ship that sailed away from like <laughs> Sentinels and Hundred Thieves and let me swim towards it and, and get me on that boat. No, I, I'm still going to have to give it to 100 Thieves. After, after you guys are saying that 100 Thieves, if they make it to Iceland, could look like a poor version of the EU, I was like, oh, shit. They're kind of right. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm nervous right now looking at 100 Thieves making it to Iceland, but I still, I still believe that they will still be able to look good in Iceland versus any type of team uh, on the international stage just because they have, what, four players that have that experience on the That's international stage as well yeah. uh out of out of five i think they're still gonna look very fucking good in iceland i think you have to factor that in where yeah. like the jitters or like they're they're most likely going to be excited to be back on land more than nervous to play on land oh absolutely. and i think that it's going to look good for it's 400 the first teams. ever lan event in valorant yeah. like even the yeah. teams that, even the people that have been doing you know like in-person events in Korea and Brazil haven't been playing on LAN servers. So those guys, Correct. even though they've been playing in-person and in some instances, like, have been on Brazilian television or whatever, so there's been a lot of, you know, pressure on them, it's mm -hmm. not it's not the same as playing on LAN servers. And I think that, uh, yeah, I think that there is a chance that 100 Thieves just step up even yeah. more when they get to that environment. That's why I'd probably give it to 100 Thieves and Sentinels realistically, as Xset, none of those players have played the inter international stage in yep. their respective games before getting into this. Well, but off the bracket, 100 Thieves Xset still. Yeah. I um, just uh, Wifo. The only yeah. one. Yeah, right, right, right. with Fortnite. Yeah. Fortnite, yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. Fortnite! Hashtag. <laughs> Listen, um, he's had to play under some weird conditions. 
been forced to play with a specific mouse and keyboard. Can't you couldn't oh, yeah. bring your own setups? Yeah, really. He's been through the fire and flames to play some oh my weird God, Fortnite lands. Um, I want to I want to move on now to talk about some of the roster moves that yeah. happened. There's there's been two important things I want to touch on. The first one we you already mentioned earlier on Van Silly is Quinn yeah. leaving Gen G or not leaving. I mean being benched from Gen G. Unfortunately. Um, First of all, like opening thoughts, two. you already discussed a little bit, but uh, Avast, you were a Win simp as well, weren't you? Was I? I mean, I, I think I definitely so. You were talking about being <laughs> underrated in some of the previous episodes. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. I mean, I thought he was underrated at times. I feel like Win still has a lot of potential, and it just hasn't. Like we saw, we saw sparks in the pan. It just. I feel like I don't think this that's a good is... thing. Sparks in the pan, like put firecrackers in a pan or something. Well, isn't well, isn't like I mean, I, I isn't that the phrase is sparks in the pan or is, is it, it is that a phrase? Is, I've never I heard think it so. Before. Or maybe maybe I'm thinking maybe I'm mixing up. Honestly, I have a really bad problem of taking various phrases and mixing them together. I have a really oh, bad me. problem about that. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So I'm not sure if that's maybe. Oh, maybe it's flash in the pan. Maybe sure. it's flash, flash in the pan, in the pan is a phrase. Is. You know, whatever. You know, sparks, flashes, doesn't matter. The point being oh, is no. that. I think I think Quinn probably just needs to go to a new environment. That's really it. I don't think this Jinji right now, I don't think Jinji is like, it's like we talked about with TSM. These players are talented. It's just whatever system they have in place and also just getting stuck into the ruts and the habits of being in a roster that has been on a decline. Sometimes that whole mental aspect can bring you down with it too. Um, and I feel like Quinn is a player with plenty more to show. And... It's clear that Jinji just needs to shake some stuff up. They've tried to make moves. I mean, they brought in Kusta, and they sort of revitalized themselves for a little bit. But still, there's something that is not clicking for this roster overall, even though their players have talent, and they probably just need to make more moves. And that's yeah. and I think Quinn's one of those players. You have the inside scoop. It's not, really, uh, it's not really an inside scoop. He's but I, I would say as well, just with Quinn, I, I, I do feel the, the positive aspects were that he had games where he was just an explosive opper. His defensive yeah. opping was always excellent. His jet utility was always really well executed. He was great mm -hmm. with the alt. He would have some insane games. I, I just don't think that the consistency was necessarily always there. And a lot of it, I think, had to do as well with there were times within the Gen G uh, lifespan and also just times within maps where they would just, they'll use him as the throwaway hard entry. He's pretty much just sent in to die. Yeah, yeah. Create space, die, and let us trade. Yeah, and uh, that was a bit limiting for him, but also I think his agent pool was limiting. I mean, he pretty much just only played Jet. He had a bit of a stint Silver, where he played Sage a little bit on blind oh, yeah, or stuff, yeah. but he pretty much just played Jet. Um, mm -hmm. and, that, and that's a bit of a limiting factor, despite Jet being a really good agent. Um, I mean, I'm under the impression, just the, the coach of the team, MC, was saying in my Twitch chat that uh, part of the reason they wanted to switch was to enable players on the team to play other agents, specifically um, GMD, try, like potentially trying GMD as a secondary duelist role, enabling him to play Breach again. GMDs, that was something I was calling for constantly when we would yeah, mold yeah. about Gen.G before, was that I wanted to see GMD playing more Breach because his Breach... It was a while ago now, more around like even pre-first strike maybe or first strike. But, but his, his, his breach was just insane at the time. His duelist was really good back then too. I mean, GMD can pretty much play anything. Anything. So 
that does enable them in regards to options for who they want to get. They can have GMD be the secondary duels with Sean. They can keep GMD on a supportive role. They have plenty, plenty of options moving forward, and it seems like they're just going to be experimental within that yeah. and, and really taking their time trying to find uh, the, the perfect fit. And it's not necessarily yeah. just going to be a one-to-one win-gone. New duelist enters team. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... I, I no, think that's I the agree. right move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so too. I think um, MCE joining right now as a coach like really helped them solidify a little bit more set oh, strats. Yeah. So definitely. I think I think with that it's like okay, well if we're sort of limited to unfortunately just a jet or like a Sova where Michael does it perfectly already, you don't need to like switch Michael out of a Sova right at that point. If if yeah. for example Win wanted to go into into back into a silver role. Maybe they they want to go a route with LG, like LG, where they don't necessarily need an operator anymore for the team uh, moving forward into into their strats. So uh, I think now it's time to find like the right player that's going to fit into that playstyle and vision that MCE currently has from all the study he's been doing for for building up this team based on the pieces that he has. I think with Kusta is still very good. Uh, I don't think there's oh, yeah, there's going to be any change in that part too. I think those four players that still remain is 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 good already. Just a fifth player that's going to be able to flex more agents is going to add a lot to to Genji's roster. Not discrediting what Win is able to do and what he's capable of uh, capable of himself. Yeah, I really do believe in MCE's like vision. He's improved the team massively. If if that's yep. his vision moving forwards, then I I pretty trusting in it and there's also mm-hmm. this is the perfect time to make a move like this because there's going to be way more free agents available on the market as yeah. other teams chop and change and it's not like they're only yeah. going to be getting rid of like shit players there's going to be good players on the market that just didn't fit the teams that they were in or some teams will just explode because they didn't make it through and they just want to try a different roster yeah player I'm one talking, comes back talking about teams exploding though as well and this definitely would have been a team that we mentioned in a future episode where we're talking about whether teams should blow it up. G2 had a report from oh, Nell. Yeah, yeah. yeah where yeah. they are planning on essentially blowing up the roster with some incredibly core pieces looking like they're chopping and changing. And this was yeah. like, this was such, um, such an open, transparent report where they're talking about like, yeah, artists might get shipped away, or maybe if we can't find the replacements, we'll keep him. We'll keep and it's him. like, <laughs> fucking hell, man. Like, normally those kind of things, you, are, you, only, you only talk about when they're done, or people aren't, you know, as vocal about them, and journalists don't pick up on them until a deal is almost done, or, or some kind of concrete stuff has been put in place. And instead, this is very much just like, yeah, G2 are thinking about just blowing the fucking blowing the doors off and only yeah. keeping Mixwell and Pith and rebuilding the entirety of the rest of the roster around Mixwell and Pith, mm-hmm. and, which is incredible considering that Paditech just moved over to like Duelist and was popping, and then Ardis I'm... has been rated as one of the best solvers in the world. Okay, not well, as year. much recently, <laughs> but but the entirety of 2020 and some of the beginning of 2021. He was very highly rated. Then you get to these paragraphs and they're like, G2 has some different options. The priority is to try and recruit Nookie and Avova. <laughs> but actually, they don't want to sell. <laughs> like, yeah. Heretics doesn't particularly want to sell, but G2 really wants them. That is actually a, that's a, what a very, bizarre paragraph. That is such yeah. a funny sentence. Yeah. Negotiations between the two Spanish organizations could be complicated. 
as Heretics does not particularly want to sell. Well, no shit. Heretics has been like the best team in Europe. <laughs> and it, and that is just... very, that, it, that, that is some funny writing. Yeah, it didn't make it to Iceland. But I then talking about the picking up uh, Coldamenta or Alex as well, from what mm-hmm. from our interview recently with Bonecold, Coldamenta was very highly spoken about in terms of being an IGL that puts in a huge amount of effort. Getting a pickup like that would be... Maybe they should just sign a send. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, negotiations could be complicated though because i don't think ascend want to sell <laughs> i thought ascend would sell yeah maybe they honestly would. um maybe they would i the the shocking thing about this to me if if you were to ask me or say like uh, all right we're we're we have to blow up g2 we're gonna make a new roster you get to keep two players who are you keeping okay number one pith number two patty tech those are the two players you would pick yep Wow, I'm, I'm surprised. Right now, as of right now, I think that is actually a really good read. If you think about like how the crowd G two's been performing recently, and as we look at their like historical trajectory, like those two have had the most consistent performances across their entire time. Because like Artists and Mixwell have sort of had like a drop off comparatively to those two in this year. If you if you went back in time, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, you keep you definitely keep Artists and Mixwell. Mm-hmm. But like right now, do you? Well, the thing about Ardis is that he was incredible when he was like jet opping back uh, way back, and his Sova has still been excellent for the team. Like, th- there's no problems there in terms of how he plays. I think he's not like the best rifler in EU anymore by any means, but I would be interested to see him play a range of different roles. What I'm what I'm concerned about with um, with keeping Mixwell and Pith is that. I feel like you don't, you don't have the most aggressive cipher player in the world there. So you're already playing with someone that likes to gather information based off their utility and play like setups where he's playing quite defensively. It's what I'm thinking in my head is that it's not quite as extreme as the Meadow Dimasic situation, but it limits you in terms of playing around Pith and how he likes to play with his utility. You're not a lot of defensive setups are going to be based around that still, even if you blow up all of the rest of the team. Um, but when you have somebody like, and Pith hasn't demonstrated an ability to play a lot of different agents, you're going to keep him on the Sentinel role. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, when we're seeing like on bind, people aren't playing Sentinel very much. I, I think that's going to carry on onto Icebox and stuff as well. I don't, I don't understand where the ceiling is for Pith because I haven't seen him try and branch out and uh, expand his comfort zone as much as some of the other players in the region. And, and whereas with Ardis, I've seen him play an excellent breach that he didn't want to play, apparently, but he was incredible <laughs> at it. And in the past, he's been really good when he was opping and playing uh, th- stuff like that. So I, I would be, I don't know. I think, I feel like, I feel like Ardis stocks are inflated because he was genuinely in the best player of last year, Convo. Um, mm-hmm. And this year, if you, I feel like if you look at any, metric he's it's just he's not anywhere near but all of the conversation all of the good stuff that they were doing revolved around artists and pith actually as well like Mm -hmm. all of the good defensive like all of their great strategies that got them wins on maps like ascend and maps like split were based around (laughs) this is a good clip to show fucked yeah (laughs) was based around like pith's utility and how they were gathering information based off that and then around like artists when he was playing on split, like the aggressive sage walls were all really well set up. 
the breach when he was playing it was extremely well set up and the the sova he was still performing his job very well i i think that i feel i really i think his stocks are at the lowest they've ever been right now but i think he's still a very good player sure he's still very i don't even know if i you wouldn't call him a very good player. <laughs> he's he's good, but I don't think he's done anything in 2021 to make me say. <laughs> well, obviously G2 needs reformatting. Yes. Yeah, right. G2 yeah. expects yeah. excellence. They want to win, so yeah. obviously things have to change. If things have to change and we want to make big moves, I'm not going to keep him, and I'm going to mm -hmm. keep Pith because he's been the fucking rock of the team all year. Uh, even previous, I mean, all of his last year was really good. Sure. He's been consistently an excellent, one of the best Sentinels in the game, the in, the entirety of G2's lifespan. Even until now, I think he, he's clearly one of the stars of the team. His anchoring on defense is amazing. Yeah, he wins defensive rounds for them time and time again, just by existing on a site, yeah. playing off his utility and finding multi-frags. And the, the other player who has looked good to me has been Paditek, and him on Duelist seems to have really revitalized his game. Yeah. I feel like every, any, every time I see G2 finding success, it is due to one of those two players. But, uh, but also, Paditek has been playing like Reyna and, and... Has he even been playing other stuff for them, actually? He must have been playing something else, but I can't yeah. remember what. And I don't know how deep his agent pool goes, because he Honestly, played... I could just get played, rid of everyone with that. Played Reyna and Phoenix. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm, yeah. I'm not I, joking. I, I mean, I, I prefaced saying earlier, if we're going to keep two players... I'm okay with keeping one. I'm okay with keeping Pith <laughs> and just removing everyone else. Because I, I think we're going to get... Yeah. No, I think we're going to get stuck in this thing that happens... This always happens um, where these players have such a, an early game legacy and we still mm -hmm. have this framework that they exist in in our minds when we think about the game and who they are, that they are just surely above everyone else, that they are just these God status players. And... I think it takes a long time to 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 remove them from that that yeah. part of your thinking, and well, I feel like uh, we we've already gotten to that point. Well, I, I, I think, think yeah. Mixwell has definitely had a large drop off. I think Mixwell to me is the biggest drop off from beginning Probably. of the game to yeah. now on that entire roster. You know, maybe you could say like the way that Paddy was playing Smokes was getting red. He was playing it maybe a bit too aggressively, but the transition of Duelist has picked him back up to that level. But Mixwell, to me, has just been a bit of a constant decline throughout his time. He's not as good as the other duelists in the region. He's not as good as the other oppers in the region in terms of sometimes his, his decision-making is really wonky and, like, one match he'll just shit the bed repeatedly. And he doesn't have the same peaks as other people. I mm. want to see him, if they continue with this, move into a support role. I don't know what that support role would be, <coughs> but I, wanna, I don't want to see him on duelist anymore. I think that you're limiting yourself so much if you intend on having Mixwell always be playing that role. He used to play yeah. like Viper back on the Prodigy team. Yeah. Why not? Put him, put him into that kind of stuff where he's playing G maybe more smokers. Like maybe he can play Astro or something. I don't know. Yeah. But well, G G2 for me role. is like where TSM is right now. Like they're, where finally like G2 with this report, they want to make a change, right? And based on, on the names that are out there in the article, <clears throat> I feel that it's good that G2 is trying to go for these players because they, I, for me, I feel that they lacked structure because they needed like one specific IGL where, you know, you didn't really have that in the, in, in that, in that team. So Cole Menta coming in right now and he's playing that support role could definitely help. That would you be have, sick. 
right? You have Nuki that wants to come in right now. That's or potentially the way that I read it is that Nuki and Avova they they kind of want to join, but her Heretics doesn't want to sell them, right? But there was probably that conversation before of like we'd be down to play. That's I how do. I paraphrase that paragraph, right? So then Nuki comes in and plays a raise, and then uh, as he always does, and then you have Avova that's coming in and he's what playing astro or yeah, controller yeah. right uh, yeah, so then so, so so now you have like five players that are like it's pull some players out and then put some players in in a role where you're let's say you said you wanted more fragging power in, in your duelists maybe mixwell is going to find that with that jet now that nuki is going to come in at the rate as a raise and then you need you already have pit that's going to play like for me kind of like the the um a proto of of my my cipher in Europe, right? That what that's going to be pretty good. But overall, <clears throat> the pieces would look right with those five players. Where I don't feel that they need to like change agents or put people into or players into roles where it might be out of their realm that they're comfortable with uh, playing currently. So still it would be, look good, even with that roster. I still wouldn't be comfortable with Mixwell's position because i i've we've already seen him play like the second fiddle to um to paddy mm. recently like paddy has been playing that really aggressive like fragging i'm gonna take aim jewels duelist and mixwell's had the space to play secondary duelist and he hasn't i don't think he's looked better now than mm. when he did when he was trying to play like the primary entry either mm -hmm. I, I don't know i think the i, I think that he needs a bit of a read but maybe maybe I that's think... about just getting the strategy down because that team always the the big difference maker for me when you looked at g2 and they were popping and when you looked at g2 and they weren't it wasn't to do with the players particularly it was to do with their macro play it was to do with yeah. like do they have an idea of what they want to do on this map and if they do well fuck they could beat anyone they're actually literally still beating tier one teams it's the comparison to tsm gets made a lot but tsm have actually their results page looks like they're a tier two team and not even a top tier two team Heretics, uh, sorry, G2 was still getting wins over some decent rosters, and they were yeah. just, like, competing, but they didn't never look like they were... I mean, they won a fucking tournament, actually, in 2021. They won the Red Bull tournament. Yeah. So, yeah, the I mean, they ground, still yeah. managed to do that. But I don't think they were as far away as it seems. Like, I even, I even wouldn't have been mad with, like, just fucking putting Cold Mentor into the team and seeing whether actually getting an IGL. Like, they've never actually had an IGL on this team. And that's it. And you're going to blow up the entire roster that was still doing all right before just trying having an IGL with proven results on there? Yeah. I'm not saying it's too early because they've had enough time, right? But they haven't made the right changes up until now. Like, adding Zeke was not the right change. I, I think we said yeah. that at the beginning. Yeah. So... But when Ozzy came in, it was like, oh, it looks pretty good, right? And I think Ozzy was trying to call at some point, yeah, too. Yeah, like Ozzy was, was doing comms for them. Yeah. yeah. So, oh. like, he was reeling them back at some point. I remember, like, people talking about it, too. It was like, hey, like, don't don't push, actually, and let's just play our numbers. And when they were listening to him, after that, it's like, oh, G2 actually looks pretty good right now with, with Ozzy in the, in, in the team. Like, I remember that match on Split where they were playing good off angles. They were getting good trades. I, I think getting IGL is going to help them a lot. Are they keeping sure. Neil Zinio as well? The coach that they added know. that didn't really do much for them. Much. I don't know. Yeah. Bring Mike back. Because he had previously played with yeah. artists, so I thought that was how he got his entry into G2. I'm surprised so maybe... that's their first move here, is moving the roster around, honestly, versus the staff. Mm. That's honestly my shock here a little bit, even... because like Josh talked about is the fact that this team has won stuff still, and has won a lot, and was the best team in Europe for essentially a year, and has still continued to compete. I'm surprised we haven't seen any staff movement at all.
Well, yet. we have like no they brought in a new they yeah, brought in a new head analyst, but there's only one yeah. analyst, so he's just the head of his own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm not to, I, 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 personally, for me, I think analyst is one of the like mo like most least understood and weirdest positions in esports currently. Uh, so I don't really care either way if an analyst is added or not added. I want to see a coach. Well, because I think he was I, doing coaching for them, though. I, I, he yeah. wasn't just doing data analytics. He was because he, he was tweeting about like, "Hey, are you ready to get counter strated?" Like he's he's clearly having input in like what strategies they were supposed to be I running. See. So there's some coaching going on there. Hard to tell. Like maybe he was just providing them with like PDFs of this but, is but, how but, the team but plays. But the issue still is a macro level, right? We're not talking about because that's the one thing G two still has had going for it at times has been these micro plays. And like taking like taking really good reactive plays with two players on the port of the map. It's always been about their macro. You know, that's I, always I, been the thing that we've talked about. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe it does work out with their macro where it just doesn't pay off because they don't have like somebody that's really telling them at this point, let's try to get this pick. It's always like that communication between themselves saying, Hey, let's try this. I feel that we could get it right now, but there's no clear call of being like True. as an IGL, yeah. let's do it this way right now. Let's pull it back. Let's move forward. It's like, hey, I got a pick. Should we continue? Sure. Why not? Right? So I feel that having that IGL that creates that structure is going to help. Um, but I think my bigger question is, too, is now that this report comes out, if Heretics doesn't sell and they stay with this roster, what the fuck happens to this roster? Yeah, I know. Is that's <laughs> that's what makes it so weird, right? Is like, I if mean, you're... they've already committed to this point. Right? I mean, they... But the... doesn't it say in the article... They that they are only gonna yeah. get removed if they if they find suitable replacements or something. Yeah. That's it reads very strangely. Like, ah, oh, well, maybe we'll stick with this roster well, if we can't find I... better players. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna fucking yeah. boom your players. Like, that's what it's, I mean. I though. It's, it's all this paragraph or some shit. That that means I mean it's already over. Then the, the players will get switched out eventually. Yeah, Ardis Patatek and Zeke could be benched unless the organization fails to recruit the desired players. Yeah. But I mean. There's no way Artis Patitek and Zeke are going to want to continue playing on a team where their, their yeah. staff or their captain doesn't want to play with them. Like, one or the yeah. other. Like, this either came from Mixwell or it came from the it organization. for sure. And either way, you don't yeah. want to... You don't want to be involved, like, with an environment like that, so... I yeah, mean, you, you, know. I, you, you can... I get it from the G2 perspective, though. I mean, they... They have gone zero points now. The the number yes. one EU team, theoretically, now's the time to make changes. Year, yeah, yeah, they have zero points to make champions. The the, so. the goal for G two right now is to pick up a team and hopefully win Masters three, so they don't have to worry about the points and then just go to the champion stage. Yes, yeah, no, it seriously is the the yeah. caliber of players they're searching for there in Europe are like we want to win the next tournament. Correct. Which is Correct. cool. I mean, if you're a fan of Europe, that's cool that they're going to be picking up people like that. Anyway, yeah. enough about G2. I think we're going to have conversations like that about a bunch of different teams, though, not just G2 oh, moving no. forward. This next month is just going to be roster explosions. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, Insane. people are going to be fucking putting dynamite underneath all of their rosters. Let's <laughs> let's go on, though, to the European bracket so far. There, there haven't been that many games played in Europe right now. Sorry, I keep saying Europe. What I mean is EMEA. EMA, Although there yeah. aren't any teams from the Middle East and Africa involved, it's CIS and Turkey. So, mm -hmm. I mean, the, even the name EMEA, I think that's what it stands for, right? Europe, Middle East, and Africa? Anyway, yep. fuck it. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Let's take a look at Group A to start with. Because, Wyatt, before the show began, you said when you watched FPX play against Gambit, you thought yeah. those were the two best teams in the world clashing in that I upper bracket. I think they very well may be, actually. Yeah. That was a fantastic game. 
And the fact that FPX actually came back and won, specifically the first map, yeah, while yeah, being yeah. significantly on down on defense from just a masterclass fucking attack half uh, yeah. from Gambit. I mean, Gambit are unbelievably good on Icebox. It, I, thought, attack, I thought FPX way, was going to lose this map for sure. How The mm -hmm. way Gambit abused Tube and Mid on Icebox is like no other team. They, yeah. they are so good on that map. And the fact that FPX came back and won has given me the confidence that I need for, <laughs> to, to think that FPX are just going to... The they momentum is built. Confident in their the quality. It's officially been built. No, the momentum, is. the momentum is actually. I, I genuinely. No, genuinely. Hear me out. FBX are, in fact, unbelievable. <laughs> and I do think <laughs> that they will be qualifying through this event. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the, the, you then, have to believe that. Mm -hmm. And then if they yeah. flump, it should be like, oh, fuck, they've done it again. I feel like. But if they could come back against a team of this caliber on this map. That's such a nice sage yeah. wall, by the way. Planting up top, sage yep. wall in the middle. You have to break the wall to try and defuse yeah. it. And Gambit have so many of these creative ideas on their attacking half. They are genuinely, they are geniuses when it comes to Icebox. They're also, the players on Gambit in this game, they felt more explosive than they did yes. when I was watching them in CIS. Like they in played CIS, better than when than they played in the CIS final, and they still lost to FBX. Yeah, it's almost. I feel like in the in maybe within their own region, there's some sort of comfortability that like, okay, we're oh. just gonna win. I mean, Shao's pretty good at the game, but I I feel like there's some sort of comfortability that they're just gonna win. So they kind of just walk to the victory. On the other hand, I it was it's kind of an interesting comparison when you now look at Turkey because within Turkey in the region, the players look comfortable and insane in yeah. those games but in these looked yeah fairly uncomfortable we'll get um, to turkey we'll though. get to that but um yeah i think gambit are unbelievable <laughs> and i think that the fact that fpx won while being down significantly is even more unbelievable i mm -hmm. genuinely i think this was, this was probably the best icebox game that i've watched ever yes I, I think it, <laughs> it, yeah, it, yeah. it has to be yeah um yeah, I have a lot of confidence I, in both these teams moving forward. I think that, and yeah. just individually, goddamn, the gamut players are just cracked out. That, like, yeah. Defo's ridiculous on Jet. Chronicle is insane. Shados is... Shados I, is they, nasty. They are, they are ridiculous. Rekka had a good series as well, actually. Yeah. And he's normally the weaker fragger on the team. As, as an NA fan that finally just started watching some EMEA to, like, learn the, the matches, and everybody was talking about this, too, right? I remember talking to Yinsu, and she's like, yo, you have to watch this Gambit and FPX match because it's probably going to be, like, in any other day, it would have probably been, like, a final for these two teams. Uh, oh. Or losing. And, oh. Yeah, am I still here? Uh, uh, is my voice still here? You are oh, lagging oh, out. You're back. Bit. You're back. You're, you're back. you're back. It took a second, but you are. You have <laughs> returned. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're <laughs> good. There you go. Yeah. So, so watching this game for me, and just watching Icebox in general is like holy crap, man. Just watching FPX how they want to play, because I I'm always that type of person that's like, oh well, you don't have a sage. What's gonna happen? How do you change your strat a bit? And I just like why it said how both of these teams are taking control of like kitchen and and tube and working that mid side has been pretty good i like I, I even like the small changes from at least comparing it to how na plays a viper is how angel places like his uh his wall on the attacker side because most of the times these vipers are going to place it where it covers halfway into into the plant and then the, the left side of the the tower 
but um, for FPX, they actually put it deeper into into the B site so that they could actually just try to fight behind those double stacks and make sure that nobody's close and yeah. try to swing through like a, a Viper wall or anything else or even a wall bang uh, to try to get the diffuser down. So I liked how uh, aggressive and, and it looked for FPX in their in their execution. Not 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 aggressive, but just like how solid the execution has been. But just that the mid control, the mid battle has been super important for both of these teams where I don't see that for North America, yeah. uh, which is which is really, really fun to to watch and to see FPX come back into this game for sure. It looks so good for uh, uh, for Gambit to win that map quite easily. I think it was like seven one at some point on that first half. Yeah, they went up eight uh, four in the first half. And yeah, yeah, FPX yeah. FPX still right. managed to respond. Crazy it was shit. super good. I, I think it was a, a great match to watch, and and split was 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 a, a fun one to watch as well. Uh, again, I I don't see any fucking silver play on split usually. Well, and, that's yeah, that's crazy yeah. because they they actually have played silver in the past before. But what yeah. FPX have started doing is they have two different comps that they can run on each map that they can throw mm. at you. And this was a third. This was a separate third composition. Actually, I guess this is actually their fourth comp that they've been running recently because they had they had Shadow on Breach, they had Shadow on Sky, they had Shadow on Astra, and, and this version of it, and then they had Angel on Astra as well. This version mm. of it was a double smoke comp for FPX. Double smoke so with the, the Sova. And when I looked at this, I was like, Dude, why are you guys trying to get cheeky with it? Because this is one of the weakest maps for Gambit. Of the maps they play, they always ban Haven. Personally, I think that Split is the weakest of the ones that they, they regularly play. Their Ascent mm -hmm. looks really good. Their Icebox looks incredible. And their Bind looks good as well. Split is like, they're, they're a little shaky on it. And so I was like, okay, FBX are just going to play their normal shit and they're going to be able to beat Gambit here. And instead, they bring out this comp, which is... It looks weird. It looks yeah. fucking strange compared to what you're expecting to see on Split. But actually, the, the, the Gambit guys were getting caught out a lot by Xiao. They weren't expecting Recon Darts to be hitting, and he was able to stall out. He was, like, saving a lot of his utility, and he was able to stall out exactly. pushes with the drone and with the dart. And he was, like, mm -hmm. darting into smokes to stop them grouping up in smokes and being able to exec Correct. in. And he had like some really great ideas of how he wanted to play it that wasn't just, I dart back sight and we push. So clearly a lot of thought has gone into how to make that comp viable. It, it was definitely reactionary from, from the way that I saw him play because when he was playing Sova on defense was mostly towards A heaven. And where I see him pull out the Owl Drone is going into vents when there's already a trap wire in there, but it's a check towards that mid side to see if a push is eventually coming. And it's not necessarily to take vents control, it's to prepare the other players on B side, which actually having a double controller was pretty pretty damn cool to, to watch. I'm gonna try to stop swearing so the you get your 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 money into, into oh, this we, fun. Fuck it. But but having those Astra stars that they put there onto mail, and then having an omen smoke into mail at the same time, so you're like you're running into darkness, and then suddenly gravity pull comes out, but you have a raise that's gonna throw paint shells on the top of it too. So like you're getting sucked into paint shells while running into darkness, and it just didn't work out for like like this right now for Gambit. Like you see those smokes always come up. So this double control I think looked pretty good for for FPX actually on the defense. Where the Sova on the attack for me was exactly what Joss was, was saying. It's like, I'm just going to like try to go for 
shock darts into smokes at screens, a ramp where they're trying to get these hits just so he could help for the rest of his teammates to, cre uh, to create that space to move in, not necessarily like setting shock darts or, or like set pieces on pulse plants or whatnot. And even the recon dart too was not like early picks. It was just like, hey, they're hitting towards the A site. I'm just going to dart towards this wall on the left side that you, you, hear, you see from Angel just so that they get their crosshair placement away or even get pinged on top of that so that people could get in and uh, and, and, and go for the rotate for his FPX on the defense. Yeah. The only set shock dart that I saw was when he was bouncing a shock dart on the floor of the rafter of a ramp uh, of heaven, sorry, on a side to land towards the entrance combined with a gravity well. Um, yes, that was pretty cool, Shadow. actually. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. pretty dope to watch. And that's the only set thing that I've seen. And for yeah. him to still get like a fucking Hunter's Fury kill from like a heaven into a ramp, it's like, okay, well, I always thought, thought verticality of the Hunter's Fury is going to be tough on this map, but he's definitely comfortable on... Yeah. on, on There's this a map. lot of tight corridors as well. If you actually I haven't liked someone, traditionally this double smoke composition, but I have to feel like FPX is the first team to ever actually make me like it. Like, mm -hmm. But I feel like the only reason it works out is because like all the T1. things we talked about where they're T1. using T1. them in unorthodox <laughs> ways to set up a utility, but also they take so much aggressive map control from the extra smokes that they have and the extra like utility they're able to, to pull people off of angles with the Astra and Omen combo that it worked out here really well for Split mm -hmm. because they were using it aggressively for their defense and for their offense. Where a lot of times when we see teams that have played double con controller and smokes in the past, they're kind of just like, okay, everybody, God, so good. we're playing yeah. double smokes, but we're not going to use all the smokes to take map control we're just going to have them in our back pocket. And we know we have them, but we're not really going to use them to take aggressive map control. And I feel like FPX actually understood that if they're going to have this much ability to lock off and change the sight lines of the map, we're going to use this to take very aggressive map. This is, this is the round that I was thinking of as well, where he uses the drone in the post plant to push people away. Correct. And the, yeah. amount, of, the amount of utility they have at screens here makes it devastating for Gambit to try and retake. I think they throw a recon dart in as well. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, like there a bounce is. recon dart into yeah, that yeah. smoke four. That, or at the back of the smoke that catches four of them as well. And Gambit are like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> you know, they're not ready for a recon dart. They, normally when you play these split comps, you could get all the way up to the screen's door and then mm -hmm. execute. And Gambit, uh, FPX were just throwing new shit at them that they didn't know how to deal with. I don't necessarily yeah. think this is the meta on split or what no. a lot of teams are going to end up playing or anything but it's just so cool that fbx are deep enough that they have like three four different comps that they can throw at you when you play them on split makes it so hard to prep for them to know what's coming your way In yeah. incredibly good game though let's let's continue on and and take a look at the bracket again because the other side of this was liquid bbl and uh turkey has not really stepped up as was promised they, yeah. yeah, BBL ended up getting beaten by Liquid here and then flattened by Gambit, or flattened by Gambit. And then um, on the other Russ side of it... Russ looked good. Yeah, I mean, Russ did look very good. <laughs> Russ yeah. popped the fuck off in this game, actually. Yeah. He yeah. looked incredible. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it is Especially ridiculous. Haven. Haven, yeah. they were unstoppable at that point. Like, 33 fucking kills I, on I Haven. Mean, I don't, yeah. yeah, it's tough to in win. In a 19-round game, he dropped 33. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like Aslan does incredibly here on on Phoenix. Twenty twelve, that. What's twenty thirteen? Yeah, yeah, twenty like, and thirteen. Yeah, twenty 20 yeah. kills in nineteen yeah. rounds. Over over one kill per round. Solid game. Extremely good game. Russ <laughs> thirty three. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just 
It just felt yeah, like Russ was unstoppable in this yep. and yep. that they needed to respect him more when it came to the um the the shit that they were doing. But yeah. when it moved later on in the series, like especially when it got to bind, like it's Ascent, yeah, they close it out, but bind was a stomping the other way around. Mm-hmm. The Turkish teams are just behind the meta when it comes to this. I think that one of the biggest things that I noticed from Turkey from watching Oxygen and Footballist play as well is that they, well, Oxygen less so, but they just haven't incorporated Viper. They haven't incorporated yeah. Astra. The That's Viper true. comps on Bind are just better. The yeah. Viper Sky comps on Bind are literally just better than everything else that you can run on that map. And if people aren't running it when it gets to Iceland, they're going to lose on Bind because Fnatic have known it for a long time and now it's even gotten more powerful those comps are literally just better also liquid have some really nice set play setups on bind too you seen cryptics with fucking mollies like lining them up in the sky to get behind bind, people bind into elbow Finally, yeah we, we we've yeah. arrived at a place where i'm not horrified to see liquid let bind go through yes in a pool. They actually <laughs> which is great that was that was the the cause of so many tragic exits from tournaments it yeah. really was but but that's the scary part too though because b- before getting into bind it was still like hey liquid got spanked on haven and they still had to claw back on ascent because on ascent it still looked like bbl was going to take the upper hand until finally you saw a little bit more of like heroic plays from uh yampi and from scream on, on got the a defense lot more done yeah Exactly. Yampi was, so I, I've mentioned it before too, somewhere else. It's like Yampi was the opener and Scream was the closer because Yampi finally was able to be like, you know, a little bit more loose trying to get those those first entries or, or for first blood rather because they were playing defense first. And then when it came down to retake, then Scream was there that, as that Phoenix to be able to get like 2Ks, 3Ks and yeah. out for those retakes. If it wasn't for that, it would have been a 2-0 for BBL where uh, we at least, again, as you mentioned, seeing TL on split, uh, sorry, on bind and, look, and it looked pretty good. Happy to see that right now for Liquid. Happy to see that they're moving forward. Uh, but they definitely had to like scrap uh, and fight for this map uh, uh, to get to this map for a rather uh, on ascent because that was that was not too great, actually, on, the, on, on how it started. Especially when you look at the way that Gambit just flattened BBL. It yeah. makes me concerned for Liquid's chances getting out of the group. I mean, not even concerned. Like, they should just not get out of this group. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm, I'm, not, I'm definitely not confident against, I, I, with them against Gambit. I, I they also, might be able to beat them on bind if Gambit are a bit behind the metagame. Because I do think the CIS maybe. and Turkey, when it comes to, like, the, the new shit, do seem mm. to be lagging a little bit behind. Like, Gambit themselves have not played very much Astra in the slightest. In fact, yeah. did they play any Astra? I can't remember, I but I don't so. think they did. I don't did. think so. I, I can't remember either. I, I'm not confident in Liquid's chance. I mean, we're also just assuming Liquid lose to FPX. But well, yeah, I mean, I mean Liquid are going to lose to FPX. I feel so like they are. Yeah, I think we can and definitely predict that. I, I mean, FPX. I mean, you saw you can't have you can't be so wildly inconsistent as Liquid has, where they, and they also have really rough reads on certain maps. Like they only really looked very solid on mm-hmm. Bind. You know, <laughs> what, a, what FPX, a flip of the narrative as well. And their Haven is disastrous at the moment i feel i i i, I don't have a lot of con- maybe disastrous is uh, hyperbolic but yeah I, it's gone from one of their but... staples to i, I am oh, i'm now very concerned while they play it and i think yeah. it's part of the problem is it's one of the maps where yampy seems to constantly struggle on on it, attack it really does he doesn't yeah. know how to find mm-hmm. entries on the map and i swear this team at the moment they live or die by Yampi. I, I was going to say, mm-hmm. do they live or die by Yampi? i think Yampy? they do i actually think they do apart does from he a find bind. value on entry 
is the answer yes? Oh, they win. Good. Is the answer no? Oh, they lose. I, I really think it yeah, honestly I, comes I, down to that I to, think I think it comes down to that to too alarming of a degree that there, there has to be uh, uh, something, there has to be some kind of fix there where it isn't so reliant on him because even on that one previous, I can't remember who the match was against now, but it was the one where Scream dropped like 33 on Haven and, and Yampy, was, but they couldn't close the game out. It was in the last uh, series. Maybe you can pull it up, Curtis. Well, when they played against BDS and beat them or something? It was against BDS. Right. Yeah, it was yeah. the yeah. one against yeah. BDS. Um, and then they were able to win on the second two maps and the latter end of bind when Yampy turned up and on Ascent where Yampy turned yes, up. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah. on Haven, he was non-existent. Scream dropped fucking 33 and they couldn't close so it. So what's, what's the chances of Liquid making it out of this bracket? Because I, I think that a lot of like people are still going to... A lot of people watching this are, are not going to be that high on Gambit because Gambit people people's <laughs> narrative was Turkish and CIS stonks are so high and then the Turkish and CIS teams all lost in the upper bracket. And then and kicked W. The CIS but the only the region that actually held true for to lower the stocks was Turkey, you know? So Gambit definitely looked well, strong. It, still. But, right. Gambit but looked strong did still. CIS lose in the upper bracket? FPX are basically a CIS. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I thought you were just questioning reality. Take off the villain probably. mask, FPX. <laughs> you're, actually, you're actually CIS yeah. now. <laughs> but but I do think that Gambit are going to get underrated by the community here and people aren't going to expect them to get out of the group. I think they are almost a lock to get out of the group. If Liquid I already win, it's a miracle. Thought, I already thought Gambit matched up well to Liquid and now I think they match up really fucking well because they <laughs> look really fucking good. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Liquid would have to ban Icebox and let Split through and then you're playing on Ascent and Split against Gambit. Those are... I mean, Liquid has looked good on Ascent recently so they still have chances in that series but it, it's... I, I don't think it's a great, a great. I mean, leave our guy by Yampy and fucking uh, Scream. And sometimes you have other players that transcends and are able to clutch, like Link had, like sure. that that map on Bind. I think that was against uh, BDS as well, BDS, right? Yeah. Where, yeah. So if if those players are able to have like that miracle, like I, we have to win, and they pop off that way, maybe a chance. Yeah. But I I I think I I, I lean with you guys too that it's going to be a very tough run from for Liquid here on out. Even Cryptics, like even if he lost like thirteen to six on that first match at BBL, he was like definitely doing well on defense with like I think he had like seventeen kills. The rest yeah. of his team was like eighteen kills by the end of the half. So if those guys are able to like come up like they want to, and you have Soulcast that's able to have like those fake flashes like he plays on Sky on yeah, even, sure. right? Maybe that's gonna help. But you're it's a lot of maybes and it's a lot of hope for them to to try to get these upset yeah. wins. And just the the depth of Gambit's playbook compared to Liquid, and even further in the bracket, if you if you think it's very possible they might play against Fnatic in, in the next round. Yeah. The depth of the Gambit playbook is pretty outrageous. It like is on Icebox, uh, I think they I think open the round differently. I like mean, Icebox, Icebox, they're fantastic. But it's like, but if we move on to the next yeah, group yeah. now, I think it's very hard to even know who's going to get out of this group. I think it's it's so sorry. Not getting out of this group, but what order they're going to get out of the group, I think is almost impossible to tell right now. And mm. even there might be some upset potential with Oxygen. But let's, let's go back to the beginning. This group was all about Turkey failing to me. It really was. Yeah. Just the, the narrative here was Guild came out and just fisted Footballist. 
They, <laughs> this this game was the second game, but I want to start with it first because Guild started out with Draken playing Yoru on oh. Haven and just gave them the business, and it felt like footballists from then on just flumped the rest of the tournament, and they just went out immediately. They went out to their the team that they beat 3-0 in Challengers Finals recently, and none of their players looked like they were playing at the same level. The team wasn't looking like they played at the same level. They just lost control of this whole tournament in the first map, I think. Or maybe before the map even started. It could have been, yeah. I, 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 I do wonder if to some extent they were crushed under the weight of the responsibility of being the number one Turkish team representing the just enormous 150k people. Turkey saving the, well. The, well, the semifinals are probably going to have the finals will have worse viewership yeah. than the group stage, <laughs> really, <laughs> which is just they ridiculous. Will. But it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I think that that might have gone to their heads a bit because I mean they looked like they had no confidence at all on defense on that on on Haven. I mean they just never had an ounce of map control. They were never playing yeah. particularly proactive. I, I don't the think players they could come up with an idea. Like they had any energy in the gunfights it was just no but it, on the other they side were shattered. Though, what a fucking map by guild holy yeah, yeah. i watched this and i was like oh my god yeah i forgot how good guild are like i always underrate guild and yeah i i feel like this is a continuing thing in the community as well but mm -hmm. they're not that flashy they're fundamental well i mean this was pretty flashy bringing out the euro actually but they're <laughs> Their general strengths are their timings on how they work off each yes. other's contact and how they're just perfect with it. Their yep. fundamentals are just perfect. When they were hitting these sites, even it was uh, demonstrable with the, with the Yoru too. The Yoru comes in, ults, and gets into the... They gatecrash into A, and they're coming out of it in... The, coming into an Astra Smoke that's been laid down by Leo at the exact same time Yasin and Draken are poking out of opposite areas on the site, and then Leo's there to just mop everything up, dropping like yep. fucking 30 in this game or some shit. Yep. Like, what a what a statement performance from Guild. Like, you forgot about us, you little bitches, did you? You forgot about <laughs> us? We're rolling through this. Where, when, when I hear about Guild before going into this one, the first thing that comes into mind is their first strike qualifiers where they got disqualified after beating G2 with an ice oh, wall stage yeah. kind of thing, right? So you kind of forget about Guild, and then suddenly here they come. And and when they pick up the Yoru, for me, just like that, it wasn't it wasn't about Draken that, that necessarily, like, fist at them because he was doing good at, at creating that space and helping the team out in terms of utility. I think they look very good as a team. But definitely it was Leo that was, as you said, Josh, mopping everybody. And that's where I think that pressure of, uh, of that team coming in, um, uh, footballists, into this match is the fact that when they were fighting against Leo, they were trying to retake sites and they just gave Leo one versus one every single time. Like, sometimes it was split seconds, but most of the times it was like, peak on one side. Peek on the other side, peek on the other side, and Leo's just fucking DMing, man. Like, he was he was looking very good. And yeah. the shakiness of, of football is unfortunate on that first map. Yeah, it, it didn't pay off too well. They looked better, though, on that second map. I feel that they looked better on Ascent, and there was a couple of rounds where Guild actually had to win through half-buys. Uh, like, oh, yeah. Safe, safe at some point had a Vandal uh, with somebody else, and then they had three players on pistols, and somehow they were still able to turn it around and, and win that round two for, I think it was two or three occasions for that team. 
But I think after after getting that that um, result that you've gotten for the Turkish team versus Guild before, it's so that well, I, I think all hope is is kind of like out the window at that point, and 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 your confidence is definitely out the window too. Yeah, Guild brought so much nice shit to this game, though. I, I just yeah. I I think Leo had a fantastic performance, not just in terms of what he was doing um, on the rifling, but his. The, the synergy with this team, like you can tell that they've put in the work before yeah. Iceland. They are determined to get there. They're showing mm-hmm. a lot of creativity, very good rifling, and excellent teamwork. I, I would have predicted Fnatic to go through this group, and I think I originally predicted like, oh, maybe Footballist will be able to get the upset win. It feels clear to me now that Guild are going to get out of this group and also go on some kind of run it just depends really? who they match up against. I, the, the problem mm. is, if they, <laughs> the problem is that once they get into the bracket, every team is stacked. So yes. saying they're going to go on a run is is wrong because they immediately are going to face off against probably Gambit or FPX, and those yeah. teams are of the yeah. quality to be able to beat Guild. My... But I don't think that they're going to get outplayed. Like I don't think mm. Guild are by far the weakest <laughs> team in that four. Yeah. I in fact think, I think that we might be reading too much into the fanatic like power that that team has i think oh they don't have a lot of depth they have a lot of i mean they do have some depth, a lot though. of honeymooning a lot of yeah. we feel great we're playing confident but i but, but i feel like i feel such like a the, fucking they have team. leftover depth though you know what yeah. i mean it's like the previous depth that they've kind of crossed over I, right, right. They've just essentially plugged Durka and Magnum into yeah, that's some where, of the Yeah, that's where the depth systems. remains because <laughs> yeah. they haven't had a lot of time to work on things. So they are riding on, we just have to be good with yeah, our inter-team and play and our communication now yeah. and there play was off a, of each other well. There was set a up Durka diff in the Fnatic I mean, Dirk's the same yeah. I do want to say about yeah. the guild uh, match, though, or, or even just about guild moving forward. I mean, I guess specifically on the Haven, what do they do next with Yoru? Because they definitely showed a lot. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Against football. So yeah, is that something really they bring true. back again? And they had some cool ideas. I mean, they were using the Yoru almost as like the, they were able to have two lurkers on, on attack on a lot of mm-hmm. the rounds, and you could just TP back. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Right back for the site hit. But, or you would TP yeah. deep into the site while Yassin's jumping in and be like deep in while he's entering. They had, they had nice plays with it, but now that you've seen it, you kind of know what to expect. Yeah. You know the dragon's going to be right game? outside B. You know, like that was where oh, he was firing. If he has his ult, he's going to be outside yeah. B. And he you know where twice. he's going to be into. So it yeah. feels like it'd be very easy to counter strat, like hard counter strat. Like even this is really, I was saying to my, uh, I, I was watching this on my stream and I'm like, this is like what we envisioned Yoru Standard, would yeah. do. But this is also, and I'm not taking away from a play like this, but this is like the base level of what Yoru can do. And the TP flash, yeah, TP behind. So it's like these yeah. are the things that when you see more Yoru and play against more Yoru, they are like the base level Yoru outplays that you should be able to come to expect as an opponent. Sure. So how yeah. long can they get away with this, or will they even but, run it again? But I, I don't know. Ma- but uh, uh, go on. Well, the the good the even though some of the plays they won't be able to repeat again because people will be aware of them. I mm-hmm. think what the Yoru fundamentally achieved is that it broke angles for the, for Guild. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that defender position, that setup that we just saw on Haven, even if you're anticipating it, your crosshair has to be on Hell. And I think Guild have the excellent timing to be able to even just sacrifice Draken in that position and have Yassin just come around the corner and fucking yep. dome the first guy. And Trade because it, their yep. timing is that good, 
even in some of the situations where Draken is going to be expected, they're still going to be able to make use of his distraction to just take a sight. It's not going to be as good, but I think that the fundamentals are still going to be able to carry Guild out of this group pretty easily. And at that point, it becomes like, can they get wins over Fnatic to get out in the group in first seed? Can they beat a Gambit or an FPX if they actually get to them? Those questions yeah. are much more difficult to answer. But I think that, that they've showcased that they belong in that top four. I, I feel that I think if Guild want to make it to Iceland, they need to win this group. I don't think they can beat FPX. I also don't, I don't yeah. favor them against Gambit even, but they could beat Gambit. I think they can beat they Gambit. They can beat Gambit. So I think they need to win this group and play Gambit. And that's, that is their yes. road to Iceland. If that I, doesn't I, happen, I don't think they can make it. I agree with that because I think, I think when, when we're just mentioning too that um, Turkey and CIS, as in Gambit, are a little bit too far behind in terms of the meta when they're actually cur currently playing these teams, like FPX, for example, right? So when you have, when you actually had footballers so I was playing against Guild, you hear like the wah, wah, wah of the gate crash of the Yuru, and you're like, I don't know what to do with this. They're still staying in their fucking default spot and not really reacting to sure. it. So yeah. I think for footballers, it was like eye-opener. It's like, hey, welcome to Europe. Welcome to a meta where Astra is into play, where... um where Yoru could get picked here and there and it throws you off. And w if you're trying to play against the basic comp of like the Jet Omen and stuff like that, maybe it could have been like a matchup if Guild had that, that, that setup. Footballist maybe could have beaten that. So if, if they're going to be able to win this group and play against Gambit where, you know, they don't have that, that Astra coming into play or whatnot either, they might be a chance for, for a Guild at this point. But they yeah. still have to go up uh, against Fnatic where... You have a, an IGL as boaster that's going to be able to, the, like, has been theory crafting a lot with with, with this team, right? For IGL and the team. Yeah, so Fnatic did look extremely part. good in their game. Like they, I mean, I don't a... think it's a question that Guild makes it out of their group, right? I don't even know why no. we're asking. Yeah, Guild makes it out of this group. They just have to win. They have to yeah. win. But, but do they the get out in first place? I think it's because they get first it. or second. Yeah, is the that's the hard one. Mm -hmm. That is I, because I think one. that it, I think that's the, the important question. I think their result here. If they, if, I think if they lose this, the run's essentially over. I don't see them beating FPX. I think that'd still be a good game. I really do. I think that that could... It'd be a good game, but I just don't see it right now. No, FPX I... FPX are in we are winning mode. They definitely know. are. They definitely they are. are. They are not going to lose. You won't find a bigger FPX believer than me. I've been, I've been <laughs> shouting from the rooftop since the beginning of 2021. But, yeah. but I do think that there's... I think that Guild are of the quality that if they are like... And having an outstanding day, that there's some upset potential, but it's it's a small amount. But I think against Gambit, that's an extremely winnable game. Like I, I would value Gil, uh, Gambit's, uh, sorry, I would value Guild's team play and their coordination higher than Gambit's, and I think their individual skill that they yeah. can bring is somewhat similar as well. Um, uh, people like, I mean, Yasin and Leo were fucking in that game, and Safe is at least as good as Nats as well. And Nats is a fantastic cipher. Um, is it Nats or Stan? I was always trying to figure that out at the same time. I don't time. know. I was calling him Nats, but I, I guess mean, it, it could be, it could it be could the name backwards. backwards. I mean, to me, this is highlighted for me more so than anything else. We talked about how historically, like the regions that haven't been considered tier one regions, how they've stacked up against other tier one regions. Mm -hmm. To me, it's just highlighted the difference, especially with Turkey, how I feel like regions that rely on... It's why I'm also potentially worried about Brazil at like an international stage. Sure. 
simply because regions that rely incredibly heavily on just being cracked out like fraggers that necessary that don't necessarily keep up nearly as up to date with the meta or also just changing up their strategy nearly as much fall behind teams that just choose more fundamentals like gambit even like sure do i think cis is still a little bit behind the meta yeah but do i think gambit had a far better fundamental understanding and like far more in like in former plays and a larger playbook to use on more maps than the the turkish teams yes 100 mm percent. -hmm. like i think I think right now we're seeing sort of a difference in like what happens when a region is kind of underdeveloped, like kind of half baked in the the strat department compared to the frag department right now in EMEA. EMEA. So yeah, I, I think your point last week was really good, where you said that they just need to be battle tested a bit more in order to yeah. really get to that next level. And I'm I'm excited. To, I really fucking want more tournaments where the Turkish teams can play against the top European teams as well. Get them that experience, yeah. level yeah. them up. It's going to be important for Europe as well in terms of viewership and stuff, because oh, half of the fucking yeah. viewership they came from it. Turkey. So, I, I mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't. Uh, we'll see how many viewers the finals. Yeah, get. I know. But <laughs> compared to the I want to. I want to spend a moment stage. to talk about Fnatic and let's yeah. briefly touch on their game against Oxygen, where Durka just destroyed and Fnatic <laughs> yeah, demonstrated man. that they are a good. Yeah. Uh, strategic team as well. I think they did a great job of punishing the op, which is frequently going to be in Toronto's hands. I think yep. that they really played well around that, which was a worry for me because a lot of the European teams don't play with or against ops that much. So sure. I thought, hey, big Turkish teams that love to play oping a lot, maybe they'll just run into Toronto repeatedly and feed. But Toronto got shut the fuck down on one of the maps. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think I was very impressed by what happened to Fnatic here. What's your what's your thoughts for them? What's your expectations for them? Can they? We've talked about Guild and how the, it's important for them to be able to get out of the group in first. Same situation for Fnatic or different? I think Fnatic, uh, legitimately, I mean, we've already seen it anyways, but like, I think Fnatic started out, they had a, I think Auction looked like a slightly better team. To begin with, even like, like Haven in particular, they looked, they actually still, even with Toronto, what we, and we're like 9 and 17. He got absolutely yeah. shut down. On fucking Haven, and that was like really good play from Fnatic, all things considered. But I actually still like Fnatic's read a little bit more currently. Um, I think they're still kind of favored to be first out of this group right really? now. Right. When I saw their look, yeah, I, it's not that Guild looks bad, but I mean, like Guild. I mean, you look at them. That team, like you talked about, the fundamentals for them is incredible, and they have just like nutso players. But I feel like Fnatic right now, currently, is still a slightly more complete team. And it's more of just waiting to see, does Guild rise to the occasion uh, when they play against them? Because I, I, right now I'm still feeling pretty confident about Fnatic and their overall play when I mm -hmm. watch them. I yeah. think they look good. I think they look really good. I, I, I again, I think I think looking at Fnatic versus Guild, like the only thing we're, we're talking about a lot about Guild is one, Yoru, and then two, just her Haven, right? Outside of that, we haven't really, we don't, at least for me, I don't know how, how deep Guild is going to get tested right now in the map pool versus Fnatic. But if, uh, if we have to count on like uh, Durka's uh, ability to frag and, and, uh, and how Fnatic looks in the fragging department, I still have to give an edge to Guild uh, as how good they look mechanically too in terms of their firepower as well. Uh, they they have some some great firepower. They have Draken that could do a lot of stuff individually. It, it just comes down to like... Even team play between these two teams, if Guild are able to have... If Guild are able to look as good as they did on Haven on other maps, then I'd probably still give an edge to, to, to Guild at this point. 
but I, I feel that Fnatic would look better in terms of their map pool and, and their strat book. I think both of these teams are incredible. They both are the real deal. Like, they're, mm -hmm. they're both so fucking good. But uh, for Fnatic, what, re what I really like about their Haven, if I think about the Fnatic Guild game, Fnatic have been permabanning Split, and Guild are pretty good on Split. So I think that mm -hmm. just naturally makes sense. And then for for the, the Guild side of things, I can't remember what their permaban has been recently. Um, it might be something like Icebox. I can't actually remember. Um, but I think they're very comfortable. Both teams are pretty comfortable playing recently on Haven and Ascent and probably Bind as well. Unless mm -hmm. Guild is that step in my ban. I can't remember. But I'm going to check. I think it's quite likely that we see like Haven, Ascent, Bind as the map pool that this ends up coming down to. And Fnatic look really tactically good on Bind and Haven particularly. The way that they play with their Killjoy and Astra over on the C side of Haven on defense is extremely good. And Durka's a boss he is just <laughs> running around shitting on people and yeah. Yasin's been having an amazing tournament but I feel like Yasin is more benefiting from the structure of guild and that's not a knock on Yasin because that's that's giving credit to guild for being one of the most structured fundamental teams that we have but Durka might just run Durka might just be able to get picks that he's not supposed to get in this game yeah, yeah. Uh, Seems like it's a, a scent or ice box because they've only so I've looking at I'm looking at stats from like the beginning of the month. So they right. played a scent twice and ice box once, and their main three maps are Bind, Haven, and Split that they play right. on for Guild. Yeah, so um, but I mean Haven and Bind are both <laughs> going to get played in this series, and that could decide the entire thing because Fnatic look fantastic tactically, strategically on both of those maps. Yeah. Yes, and it's not like Guild don't Guild look good too, but. When you're competing against Fnatic's bind and then that whole Astra Killjoy setup on Haven, that is challenging to get through. I feel like I'm going to underrate Guild again, though, if I don't have them going through. I, mm -hmm. I was so impressed by how they played against Footballist. I just felt like the timing on everything was so tight and the fundamentals are what, generally speaking, win you games. I, I can't predict against Guild again, so I'm going to have to go with them making it through. But, I'm, but I, 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 I I'm going to go with Fnatic. I, I, think I mean, they're both making it through, right? We're just talking about who's first or who's first seed. I think Fnatic at first seed, and I think they probably lose to Gambit, but still, they could they could win it. Um, but I think Fnatic, I think Fnatic win here, lose to Gambit. I think Guild lose lose to FPX, and FPX Gambit make it through. Yeah. I, I think that f uh, there's a there's a Large. I was I was talking about the the depth of Gambit's playbook earlier. I think when you compare it to Liquid or Fnatic right now, there's a significant difference, and it's just because Fnatic are a relatively new team. I don't think Fnatic Fnatic are yet to be I think tested against a really good team. They haven't had to uh, oh, they haven't yeah. had to suffer a loss yet with this roster. So everything yeah. is still just rolling. We're yeah. we're mm -hmm. we're fine right now. I'm telling you, um, I think this is where they get the loss. You and really I think, think yeah, so? I think this is where they get the loss. I think we Guild. one thing we didn't really discuss in that Guild game. I, I felt like Guild and a lot of rounds were kind of relying on some heroics, and if the heroics aren't there, I I think that that's a closer game than it actually is. I don't. Think... And I think that in part the heroics came because footballs were really kind of stumbling at points, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I I think there were a lot of uh, post plant heroics going on for for Guild that made that game a. Uh, the scoreline a bit more stark than it could have been. 
Maybe. Um, I can't and, really and think of rounds that were one. I mean, Leo had a few, like, I mean, Leo. headshot yeah. three yeah. guys post. Like the, four, one the four v one for Leo um, and Haven, like a three v one. Like, yeah. Leo was just mopping, right? And then, like I said, on the second map, it was heroic plays from four spies. So there was, there was definitely some antiques that had to be pulled out of their ass for Guild to be able to win these rounds. Uh, that made them look very good. So, this, yeah. like, despite I, like the flashiness of everything, too, you have to remember that they have. Uh, some players that had to clutch uh, some rounds. Yeah, like I, I think Haven was still convincing, um, but if you take out those heroic rounds, it's a bit of a closer game. And then if you look to Haven for the future, are they still going to be running the Yoru? Obviously, Fnatic, you know yeah. they have will have watched that game and oh, they yeah, understand definitely. all of the Yoru tendencies that they went for there. Um, so what do they do? How do they mix it up? Yeah. And then if the hero so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Fnatic for this one. Yeah, but I, I am confident in Gambit and FPX to make it to Iceland. okay so that's that's the next big question here which two teams make it to iceland overall we don't exactly know how the bracket's going to work out i mean it's a single limb so that means yes. that if you're on the same side as somebody else you cannot make it to iceland with them there's no double elimination which kind of sucks but you had the double limb in the group stage so it's not a terrible format uh avast which two teams make it to iceland from emea yeah i'm echoing i'm echoing wyatt i well, I was an, I was definitely favoring FPX already coming into this, so like I was still gonna go with FPX. Honestly, like Fnatic looked really good, so I could see them beating Gambit because I think they'll get first seed, and I could see them definitely. But like, it, I I don't know. I think I actually was really impressed with Gambit. They look like crackheads. Like legitimately, I wasn't rating CIS very heavily. I just was rating them above Turkey coming in, and then when they played, I was like, I was like, my God, like this team is actually like really deep like they have like a yeah. lot more depth than i expected and they just have like crack fraggers so yeah i i'm i'm feeling fpx gambit as well about yeah. what are you thinking yeah i i echo that as well but this this weekend when they're going to play are, are they currently playing on 2.06 or 2.07 they're on 2.07 2.07 is there yeah. a big okay. difference no it's asterisk the exactly off the spike. oh right okay yeah. that's, that's right. i think that's going to be the biggest one for this weekend for for na i just got confirmation that they're playing on 2.07 and not 2.08 for right. uh for na uh but yeah definitely asteroid gravity well sucking people off the uh off the diffuse, the diffuse. is is right. huge in terms of like killing time on pulse plans so yeah, yeah looking at yeah. that utility is going to be great but um i think no matter what realistically i'd probably still have to give it to fpx and uh, uh and gambit moving forward um, right. Let's. Oh well, actually, I didn't ask you, but I assume it's FBX Gambit oh, yeah. because that's a yeah. yeah. That's a thing you're <laughs> about. Yep. I, I I think it would be cool if Gambit made it through. I don't think they're going to be able to uh, to sustain it against. I don't know actually. No, fuck it. They could definitely make it through. I think it's a coin toss actually. Who makes it through out of Gambit and like Guild or Fnatic when they make it through? Because I yeah. think both of those teams are extraordinarily good too. Um. I wanted to do a quick check-in for Brazil and Korea. Not really predicting any games or anything like that. Just take a look at the bracket, see what's going on over there, and kind of catch people up. Because reminder that those games are also going on, and those are two big major regions that a lot of people are excited about seeing the potential of the teams when they get it to Iceland. I'm sure we'll do a recap of the bracket next week when it's actually fully played out. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Uh, do we want to start with Brazil? Because the first, the first, the top four teams in Brazil are way ahead of everybody else, and they all made it through from Challengers One. And so the first round is just like, well, yeah, they're gonna fucking make it through. Yeah. So it's just Gamelanders, <laughs> Sharks, Fury, yeah. uh, Fury, and Vikings are all gonna Vikings, make it through. Yeah. If um, done. Uh, 
Do we have any early favorites? I haven't been keeping up with Brazil in the last week. I was waiting to watch this bracket, to be honest. Uh, any early favorites for the two teams to make it through? I feel like it's uh, fucking totally up in the air between I the top have, four. I mean, I'm feeling, I'm still feeling pretty good about Vikings and Game Landers. So. Sure. Yeah. Yep. But I have honestly, no I haven't, I haven't been keeping up with it as much. This is just, this is previous opinion. Yeah. Is yeah, yeah. Vikings and Game Landers. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to throw anything out there. I'm. I'm actually in in that school to be able to catch up to this bracket in quarterfinals before I could come up with. Uh, yeah, with something. I mean, because now watching, I just think about orgs and results. And watching this from upper semifinals onwards is gonna be fantastic. I mean, you are guaranteed mm. a banger in every match. I, I yeah, yeah, I'm feeling. I I I echo a vast sentiment. I'm feeling good about Vikings and Gamelander still. Um, sharks have sharks have a chance. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Furia. They haven't been able to put it together in terms of getting a big result, big winning win. over yeah. one of the other top. Like, they're comfortably in fourth, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But uh, we'll Also, see. if you're interested in learning more about the Brazilian players, they, there was a recent interview that got translated from Portuguese about Gamelander's John, who is one half of potentially the best duelist duo in the world of MW and John. And it was about his, like, it was a really long, fantastically detailed, well-written interview piece where it was describing his story and his history of going through esports. And he only just got his first salaried gig on Gamelanders, I think, towards the end. Nice. After having already won World Cups and stuff and been, like, a player for many years, competing in Point Blank, which is a, a game that's popular in Brazil. And, like, it's a bit like Crossfire and and Sudden Attack and those other kind of games that are popular in other regions that are somewhat similar to CS. Mm. Uh, let's take a look at the Korean bracket as well, because I think the number one thing to take a look at here is what is Vision Strikers' road to Iceland? Is somebody going to beat them? That is, I mean, there's no other team that people want to get out of Korea. If a different team came out uh, of Korea, yeah. people would actually be more sad than they would be excited for the upset result. Because yeah. everyone just wants Vision Strikers to like prove themselves on the world stage. And it's single uh, limb. Fuck, man, they gotta it's, play new turn. Yeah, new turn is like, they have to play new turn in cities, more than likely. The Brazilian in the NA brackets are the same. Just fuck Korea, I guess. Yeah. Well, hopefully they get... I don't know, just spin least, the wheel to play the same map twice At again. least Europe got, um, GSL, got GSL style groups though as well. Yeah. Okay, yeah. first off against <laughs> TNL, that's the their like former sister team that made a couple of changes that haven't looked that great recently as far as I'm aware. That feels like it should be a pretty easy win for them. But then they're going yeah. up against probably New Turn and then maybe F4Q who beat them recently I mean, they have to, in the finals. They have to beat every other good Korean yeah. team. Yeah, it's either going to be F4Q or Dam1, so it's like more what? than likely. They have to beat everybody. There's only one spot for Korea, right? Yes. They yeah. must win the grand so, finals so they, in order yeah, to and go they, through. And they have to beat the next best teams. Yeah, because in those would be New Turn and F4Q. Those are yeah. the teams that have looked dangerous so, against them. Against them, yeah. What are you thinking? They, are they going to step up when it matters? Are I they going to make it through? I hope they do just so we can see them. Yeah. No matter what happens at Iceland, they just, they have to be there. Please win. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, exactly. disappointment. I but mean, like, historically though, I feel like you should still feel not necessarily confident, but at least relatively okay with choosing vision strikers to make it through because like they literally just lost for like the once. first time ever once yeah right like and it wasn't like they got stomped 
Like it was just like it was a relatively competitive series too. The, it, it was like, two overtimes. That, yeah, so I mean, like, won, I, I don't, I don't think that this. I don't think really you can. There's no real data to say otherwise that you shouldn't predict for Vision Strikers. You know, sure. like yeah. there really isn't any data to say like, oh yeah, Vision Strikers is not favored. They've lost once. It's yeah. like I mean, I don't but, know. I don't. But eventually, I just don't think so. you know how. How, what's what's their percentage chance, do you think, of making it through all of this? Because I think it's lower than it's ever been before. If you yeah. were to say, coming into any tournament, Vision Strikers are going to win, I think just the on-paper test, the fact that they've been pushed much more, FQ looking good with their Astra Tech as well, it's it feels like this is going to be a somewhat difficult bracket to get through. I would say yeah. they still got like 70% a 70% chance of making it through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. 70. Literally what I was saying too is 70%. 70. Like, even yeah. like... I, I haven't caught up to like this this portion of of Korea, but there was like at some point was it like Masters One or whatever? And when I was watching Vision Strikers, it was like this is kind of boring. It was like it, I think it was I think it was a Grand Finals match in a BO Five or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were staying up to watch, and I was like, this this doesn't look like new Valorant. This isn't no, like, absolutely. It feels like they took a step back, and I was like, and hopefully into this one. Um, it's gone back into like the forefront of of like trying to be that evolution of division strikers that we kind of know of. But if not, it's everybody has been catching up to them. So yes, yeah. despite them losing a series where they uh, won an overtime, lost an overtime, whatever it is, even their other games where they're losing, uh, when they're winning, they're still very close matches too. So teams are catching up to them, and I feel like that that seventy percent starts to get very accurate in terms of their chances of making it through. But just like everybody else, we we just want to see them get through. Yeah. And once they get through, unfortunately, it's probably not going to go that far. Then they can rest. Iceland. Then they exactly. can rest. Once they make it Mission to Iceland, they can be they can be like, okay, it's like the bomb out. It's okay. Snap the universe. He's like, yeah. I can finally rest. Vision strikers, you made it to Iceland. <laughs> enough is enough. <laughs> enough is enough. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. But so, um, yeah. yeah and tough. at that point, they still have another month to come up with some interesting stuff. And they, they are yes. a team that's come up with really interesting tactics in the past. If they have They're a whole month a... to try and like revamp their yeah. game and bring some wild shit, I mean, look, they, they could. Listen, when, when, when you look at uh, like Zeta and NA and how good he is. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, he, he, wa he wasn't fragging as well as Stax or even Arby when it comes to like. The, yeah. the the Korean scene. So, yeah. so there is some talent yeah. in that region. You, for right. sure there is talent in that region. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Hopefully, You're hopefully right. You're right. make it though. We hope okay. we hope. I... What about uh, what about Vietnam? VCT Vietnam just started last weekend. I was I watched it. No. Take us through it. You, you got uh, you got a team. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. We got a new I demo. am blind as a bat. Vietnamese viewers. So take us through in. Vietnam. No, it was just like 14 teams double limb. I, I followed it a bit because it was like 4 a.m. and I couldn't sleep and I watched a bit of the games. Right. It was just nice to see crazy guy from CS:GO that's still playing in Valorant. Oh. But, yeah, so he's still playing, but they actually nice. still didn't qualify. They got like third or fourth place uh, going into the challengers. So right. uh, pretty cool. 14, 14 teams, yeah. But okay. it, it's not going to be that great. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Undersold it. I was hoping you were really going to go off there, bring us a there new was audience. There was nothing. Yeah. Viewership going up. The turkey hype, similar to Vietnam uh, no. hype. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're going to be the I greatest. Had, yeah, those had my notepad really and everything to take different. notes. I just put it on the side, just laid on the side of my pillow, <laughs> waited to fall asleep. It was, I, it was, I am it was so long. fucking excited for Iceland. I know it's still yes. a long way off. It's not happening next week or anything. But when we know the teams that are locked in, God, the juice is going to be flowing. Yeah. I mean, oh just... Oh, my God. Yeah, the, we're, we're starting to ramp up to it now. But 
Fans are going to be rabid about supporting their region, about oh. hyping up other regions. We saw a glimmer of it with Turkey getting hyped up for EMEA. That shit is going to ha be happening across the globe. People are yes. going to be going wild for like, you haven't even seen fucking Southeast Asia, dude. The X-10 is going to beat everybody. <laughs> People are going to be going fucking crazy. There's going to be hot takes flying all over the place. I yep. am so pumped. Yep, um, me too. All those people who have posted things in the past, like, mark my words, this region's <laughs> going to win, like, yeah. a year it's, ago. It's well, still favorited in their in their bookmark, yep. just waiting to come back out. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> or, if you throw enough hot takes out there, someone must have got the correct take, right? <laughs> yes. Like, some yep. fan out there. They deserve a lot of credit yeah. for randomly throwing <laughs> 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 shit at all. Yep. <laughs> oh, um, no. Now it's time for the most important segment of the week, though. It's Wyatt's Weekly Award. <laughs> what do I have that? Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, this is so uncomfortable. Yeah, what were you going to say, Connor? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> There's no audio. There's no audio. That segment, so. No audio. Usually, if you talk in this, what's going on in that? I was like, uh, I'm not oh, getting some, audio. Some type of outtake. <laughs> this week, the weekly award. There's a lot of people it could go to. Okay. You go to sick, maybe. Yeah. Sure. Go, he dropped 35 against T1. Yeah. yeah. That was cool, I guess. Mm -hmm. Dirk. Dirk, was I fantastic. Mean, I mean, he he was pounding. Right. He was owning. Leo. Maybe even I. Chow. Played very well. A lot of people it could go to. But it's going to go to the star, in my eyes. The star of the NA broadcast team this past week. And it's Van Silly's dog. Uh. <laughs> the, the winner of this week's weekly award, Van Silly's little pupper. Oh, Look at him. The, the, the live appearance. I t oh, my God. Same shirt. It's Same like a replay. Wait, Van Silly, can you get your hat? We can just oh, yeah, remake yeah. the exact. <laughs> we can remake the exact. There it is. There it is. The exact thing. But that is on. perfect. Yeah, I mean, when when I when I open the stream and you just it was oh, it's just so cute. You uh, can just tell how much that dog loves you, and yeah. it's fucking yeah, adorable i mean just good. look at it right now look i know <laughs> what is the dog's name show your, eyes, show your eyes oh no you're sleeping oh, oh he's tired oh. <laughs> oh look at that what's uh what's his what's or her, her name? name uh chopin like the pianist Oh, oh, the classical pianist. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Five head okay. wine glass. Oh. <laughs> wine cellar. I'm going to join Bala now. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for having me on the show. All right, she. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been great. It's uh, been <laughs> fun to good. talk about Fowler yeah. for three hours. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think the ventriloquism might need a little bit of work, but, but overall, pretty decent. Pretty decent. Yeah, it's all right if I talk like this, right? That's actually not bad. That's yeah, not bad. Well, that good. makes you look like a serial killer, though. So maybe, <laughs> I don't know. So be careful with that one. Uh, Christ. Uh, All right. Well, there we, we, go. We, we forgot to do it last time. Oh, yeah. And the commenters were in shambles. Oh, because they don't they know what to say. to say. If you oh. don't tell them what to post. Oh, we forgot to tell the fans exactly what to write. So they just lost the will to be. Yep. Um, Our engagement. No. 
Hmm, what should they write this week? I feel like it should be some kind of prediction. I We're talking about fans throwing shit at the wall, right? And seeing what sticks. Yep. I feel like... Shit at the wall, fans. That's what they... Throw, no, throw your poop at the wall. Take a photo <laughs> of it. Put it in the comments section. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want you to try and... What, sorry? Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> If don't you do don't do that. No, don't do that. Please don't do that. Watch but Kurt has to moderate. <laughs> put, put, a, um, put the two teams that you think are going to be in the grand finals of Iceland. I don't Ooh. just want two teams that are going to make <laughs> oh it out. God. I don't just want the two teams that are going to make it out. Who are the two teams that make the grand finals? And then we'll go back and we'll pin the comments so it looks like you're a fucking genius. Whoever gets it correct, we'll go back oh. through, we'll sift back through. I'll make a note in my to-do list to do that at the end of Iceland. And when people revisit this episode, they're going to be like, Yeah, we can, like, we can show Timmy it on the Tom show. 72, what a genius! <laughs> what a genius he knew! And, and really, it's just monkeys at typewriters. Just <laughs> monkeys at typewriters. Yep. Eventually. Eventually, they'll, uh, they'll get the correct answer. Yeah, hopefully. Or they'll write Hamlet by accident. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Which will come Who first. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> All right, there we go. That's... Uh, that's done it. That has done it for this episode. Episode 42, it's in the books. Moving on. Uh, we have another back chat next week. I don't know who it's with. I don't know who's even going to be available. Are people going to be knocked out at that point? Yes. 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 So, I mean, it'll be over. Oh, the entire thing will be over. Yeah. So actually, for next week, we might be able to get even people that have won. I'm not sure how people are going to be, you know, feeling about, like, how focused they're going to be. But anyway, should be a killer back chat if we can get a good guest. But there you go. Uh, aside from that, we're going to be coming at you with another episode next week, uh, recapping all of the different Challengers finals, because they're all finished on the same date. And it'll be just in time for another little episode, episode 43 of Flat Chat. See you then. Ta-ta.